operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Revolution podcast. As always, my partner in crime, Stephen. Yes. How you doing? I'm uh, I'm itching for a, for a rumbling. Yes, I, can, I, I love can it. Feel one coming. Yes. <laughs> uh, as always, Stephen. Uh, my name is Rock, and we are here for the Comic Book Revolution podcast. Yes, my friend. Yes. You can check us out on ComicRevolution.com. Check out all the reviews that Steven doesn't post. But luckily, we have Kevin, who picks up all the slack, delivers the good reviews. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Kevin, I'm sure, is posting five right now as we do this this podcast. (laughs) Almost guaranteed. (laughs) You can check out Comic Book Revolution on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can Mm -hmm. check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution. Steven, you. And you can find me at President Glover, not posting reviews. There you go. <laughs> Laziest Twitter account ever. Uh, Steve, he's like shrugging his shoulders like, yeah, what are you going to do? Is <laughs> what it is. Uh, Steven, in this podcast, we have three DC and three Marvel comics to review, as always, three from each company. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sample a few titles we have not reviewed yet and a few Uh-oh. that we have because you know me. I have to review certain titles that are attached to Justice League because yeah, I right. am a total mark. For the Justice League, <laughs> I will admit it. I at least, hey, look, at least I'm always honest, okay? That's I don't hide enough. my bias. Sure. If I love something, I let people know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from DC, we do have a couple Justice League titles. We have Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth number one. Mm-hmm. We have Justice League Dark Wonder Woman The Witching Hour number mm-hmm. one. And we have Steven's favorite big event ever in the history of DC Comics, Heroes in Crisis, number two. Oh, Steven's like, why? Why are you setting up like that? And then from the House of the Mouse, mm-hmm. we have Old Man Hawkeye, number 10. Yes. We have Tony Stark, Iron Man, number five. Mm-hmm. And we have last and certainly least, <laughs> Extermination, number Four. All I'm going to say is that one of those big events from Marvel is worse than the one from DC, but we're not going to hear that because somebody... <laughs> Anyways. Right, Steven, let's kick this one off. Let's just tackle Marvel first, shall sure. we? Why not? Sure. Let's take a peek at... Well, let's just start with Old Man Hawkeye number 10. All right. This issue is brought to us, the words by Ethan Sachs, the mm-hmm. art by Marco Cecchetto and the colors by Andres Mosa. And in this issue, we have Clint Barton, and he has teamed up with Kate Bishop, and Mm -hmm. suddenly my interest in this series just hit zero. They're near the Canadian border. They're trying to find Moonstone. And as people, people may not know, Old Man Hawkeye is on his last mission before he goes totally blind to kill all the members of his old Thunderbolts team because mm-hmm. they are the ones who betrayed all the heroes um, and led to their demise in the events of Old Man. Uh, well, I guess 
I guess what was the title of it? It was Old Man Logan, Old Man Wolverine. Old Sorry, Man Logan, yeah. Old Man Logan, Mark mm-hmm. Miller's, uh, Mark Miller's miniseries. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so he's killed off Atlas. He's killed off Beetle. Now he's going after Moonstone, mm-hmm. and he used to date Moonstone. That's important to know. Yep. And Moonstone is up in Canada. That's where she has her little power base. Mm-hmm. And we see a Sentinel attacking Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. And, of course, Hawkeye is being reduced to a joke machine. And Kate Bishop has to do everything because Hawkeye is useless whenever Kate Bishop is around. You cannot write Hawkeye as anything more than a joke if Kate Bishop is in the same scene with him. I will never understand this dynamic. Uh, but evidently it's entertaining and people like it. So I will admit, Stephen... It could just be me. I'm fine with that. Um, it won't be the first time something has just been me, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it won't be the last either. <laughs> so then we cut to the um, – uh, so as they're making their way through the backside of the Canadian border, we cut through the actual main entrance of the Canadian border, mm-hmm. and we see two guards there, and they're playing hockey because they're Canadian, Stephen. <laughs> uh, and we see Bullseye show uh, – show up and the guards are petrified that it's bullseye and they say he can pass no problem and he goes all right well i want to take your your little uh snowmobile with me and he kills them and takes their snow snowmobile i'm not too sure why he killed them because he's bullseye because he's bullseye i guess and it looks like is that a welcome to canada sign have sasquatch's skull attached to it i believe it is Stephen. (laughs) and then we cut back to moonstone's village and we see all of her followers in this village. They they worship her as if she was a goddess. Mm-hmm. And, and Moonstone look disgusting. She looks. They look disgusting, and yeah, she looks pretty she gross looks too because her powers are slowly eating away her body. So she looks like a desiccated corpse. Yeah. As the power slowly killing her. <laughs> I, I I will say I understand the. That you don't like the the Kate Bishop having the up the upper hand, but and the the line where they see Moonstone, yes. and she asks, "God, Clint, is there anyone you didn't sleep with?" Yes, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, I I laughed at that. He's like, in fairness, she looked a lot different in <laughs> that time, <laughs> and so. We find out that uh, when the heroes were taken down, an old man Logan and Zemo, and Red Skull. And Magneto were carving up the country mm-hmm. that they left Moonstone out of the deal, even though she helped them. Yeah. And apparently, I, did it say she was promised by Zemo? She was promised no. by Zemo. Okay. And so, of course. Oh, Zemo. I know. She tried <laughs> to pull a double cross on Zemo after that, looking for a little bit of revenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Zemo failed to kill her. And since then, she's been in hiding, biding her time, building her army of followers. Mm-hmm. And now she's going to kick some butt. Uh-oh. All right. Anyhow, then she decides that uh, she's going to kill Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. And she's going to deliver dead Hawkeye to Red Skull, or um, I'm sorry, to Zemo as a gift to get back in his good graces because mm-hmm. Hawkeye's like the only Avenger that Zemo didn't get to kill. Yeah. Anyhow, we get a fright, and during the fight, uh, you know, Kate Bishop has to do her thing, and uh, Moonstone's taken down, and she blows up. And when she blows up, she takes out all of her followers who are with her. Yeah. In a big explosion. Mm-hmm. Crispy people. Yeah. And at this <laughs> point, uh, 
uh, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye are like, oh, crap. Now that now we're, we're screwed because only Moonstone could tell us how to find Zemo because mm-hmm. he's the last of the Thunderbolts that Hawkeye wants to kill. Mm-hmm. And obviously the biggest one. Yes. So luckily, though, stupid Hawkeye has Kate Bishop around to do all of his thinking for him. And she's <laughs> like, well, I mean, dumbass, we have a uh, we got this Sentinel here. And Baron Zemo sent these after her back in the day, so there's no doubt that their little coordinates inside their black boxes will lead us right back to Zemo. And Hawkeye's like, Oh, thanks for telling me. And so then we cut to a decommissioned Weapon X facility. We see Zemo in there. Mm-hmm. And he has been informed that they have finally successfully replicated the formula to the Super Soldier Serum and have enough for a hundred more doses. Mm-hmm. And we see inside a chamber. I guess it's. I think it, it's just I, some guy. It's a guy. I mean, yeah. It's not Steve Rogers. We know that. Yeah. But it's a guy who looks kind of like Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. And he's killed a whole bunch of people, I guess. Yeah. Once he got a super serum, super soldier serum. Anyhow, that's the end of the issue. Oh, Stephen, old man Hawkeye number 10. Well, I uh, and before I read this, I realized that there'd been a couple of um, of issues I hadn't caught up on. So mm-hmm. I did I did a little old man Hawkeye binge this weekend. There you go. And um, it's definitely well. The last issue was with Songbird. Yes. And and that one, you know, was really more like emotional mm-hmm. because she actually felt guilty for what she did. Right. And it had the fight with Bullseye, where mm-hmm. Clint tried to take him on by himself, and mm-hmm. um, I think he did all right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think so. Didn't kill him, no. but you know, I, I found that I realized that Bullseye has Deathlock technology. That's why he has the thing in his head. Right. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. That is cool. But, that's a cool um, idea. So yeah, they. So I thought that was like really good. And yep. going into this one, I mean, it's. Not, it's it's definitely not that because they had some like no. real emotion, but yep. I mean, I the thing I like about it is like as as you know, <laughs> dark and gritty as it may be, <laughs> that it is. I still I still think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, is is it as great as some of the other issues have been? No, but I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked seeing what happened to Moonstone because she's always a character that I kind of love to hate. Yes, absolutely agree. Yeah, she's such a She's such a bitch. She's a bitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so seeing that, it's having the... I really wish they had had more of their interaction. I agree with that. But I like what we got. I like that um, Hawkeye, even without his weapon, he had that one that one arrowhead snuck yes. in that he got to, to kill her with. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea... Well, of course, it's Zemo. Of course, he would try to replicate the super soldier serum. But oh, th- it makes it interesting because I feel... Like, you know, we have Kate Bishop here, and I know that you have your feelings about her. Not a fan. But I... I mean, I'm sure I, on her own, I would have no problem with her. Sure. I feel like that she's not going to make it. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think, I'm trying to remember if she was in Old Man Logan. No, because I don't think she was really that popular back then. In oh, okay. She may have just been being created in The Young Avengers. So. Uh, maybe, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so I th- I think I don't think she's going to make it and I think that's going to um provide the drama to fuel the final 
yes. showdown, showdown with Zemo. Showdown with Zemo, yeah. Mm, I could see that. And with a... a, a uh, it was probably going to be like a unit of super soldier serum people. I yes. think that's going to, that's going to be what does it. And then he's going to kill that. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then that, and of course it's going to be that he's going blind. Is right. advice. He still does it. Right. And that just kind of excites me already. Cause I agree. Hawkeye finally gets his, his time to shine, yes. baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, no, I agree with you on that. So, yeah. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes, but I mean, I still like the art a lot. Yeah. I art's s- great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I still enjoy this title. Yes. I still really like it. The Old Man Hawkeye has been a great read. I have loved this title. I loved Old Man Hawkeye in Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. He was a wonderful character <laughs> and played a great role in the story. Yes. And he's a wonderful character in this title as well. Mm-hmm. And this has been a great title. It's certainly been far superior to anything Hawkeye has been in in quite some time Yeah. in Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. For certain, better than what you get in West Coast Avengers. <laughs> Uh, this is a good title, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, this issue, for me, was the weakest. And we're at 10 issues in. I thought this was the weakest of the 10 issues. It wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's got it's 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 a well-balanced issue. You got, a, again, good balance between action mm-hmm. and dialogue heavy scenes. Yeah. I mean, really, really balanced. It moves. Again, it keeps moving with a nice purpose. Mm-hmm. You get plenty of plot progression. Uh, it's well-paced. It's well-plotted. It's technically well done. Yes. You know, it, it's still a good issue. Uh, and I, I, I'm fine with Kate Bishop. I just, I've never liked Kate and Hawkeye together. Mm-hmm. It, just because of how writers write them, Hawkeye always comes off having to look like the stooge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for his character. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for her character either. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good dynamic. That it, it it's yeah. unfortunate. It's the writers feel like the only way to write these two characters together is she's uber smart, uber put together, uber successful, uber good, and he's a bumbling buffoon. Yeah, it just doesn't it's, work for me personally. Yeah, that's all. And there, there's a way to like she could have said like, well, I think he takes a shot at the Sentinel and misses or yes. something. It's like you know. Like save 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 your save your save your eyesight or whatever. Like I'll take care of it. Uh-huh. Whatever. That would have made more sense because he is going blind. Oh, I agree. I and agree. it wouldn't have made him look like such a moron. <laughs> However, I think I think that is intentional because he because when he without her he was more of the the gritty yes gr- like uh, I don't want to say grungy that's stupid um <laughs> gr- the gritty like you know kind of like the old man Logan type but it's it's Hawkeye you know right. he's he's alone he doesn't yep. have anything but now that he has her it's I think it's a setup to when she dies because he has that old dynamic back yes. it's like oh my partner's back yep everything's gonna be fine and then. Mm-hmm. Everything's not what she Everything's dies. not well, what I agree. Dies, so. And I have no problem with... I, I, of I course, just, it all depends on where it goes, yes, but I, I can see that happening. If it plays a lot like you saying, I mean, I have no problem with it in the long term. I just, I, in sure. general, yeah. just in general, I don't see where that dynamic really does much for either character sure. in general. Mm-hmm. But still, it's a well-written story, and it's still a good title, and yeah. it's, it's still a title that I would recommend people get. It's still the best Hawkeye that you're going to get. Right yeah. now, it's it's infinitely better than what you get on West Coast Avengers. Yeah, until it's somebody until somebody gives him his uh, longbow hunters, this is as good as it's gonna get. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally agree with you. And the artwork really nice as well. Oh yeah, I, I've 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 been enjoying it the whole time. Mm-hmm. How would you grade out Old Man Hawkeye number ten? Um, for the writing, I would give it a seven. For mm-hmm. the art, I always love the art. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it a I'm gonna give it an eight. 
Nice. Yeah. I will I will uh, clock in slightly below you, but not much. I'll go sure. six night girls out of ten for the writing. Mm-hmm. Your again, your your mileage may vary. And <laughs> the art, I will go eight night girls out of ten. So pretty close to you on that one. Yeah. Um let's see what we should do next. Let's do Tony Stark Iron Man number five. This issue brought to us words Dan Slot, mm-hmm. artist Max Dunbar and Gang. Hyuk Lim, mm-hmm. I hope I got that right, and Colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. This issue, Stephen, centers all around Mr. Stark. Mr. Arno Stark. Da, 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 oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Because, you know, in the beginning you see uh, well, a he's on. he's on the cover. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's great. You know, they, they, they you know, I... I just the he he shows up in a red and gold helicopter. You're thinking mm-hmm. Iron Man. You're thinking Tony yeah. Stark, and out pops Arno. Don't call me Mister Stark. Um, Arno. Yeah, I don't know. Arno Stark, Stephen. For people who don't know, I'm fascinated to hear this recap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, for people who don't know, I mean, look, <laughs> Rock's favorite. I was speaking of third person for a second, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Rock, <laughs> my favorite. A DC franchise of all time is Legion Superheroes, and I, yes. I, I no joke, I literally have every comic book no in joke. the history yeah. of humankind, not just as a Legion comic, but any comic that has even had a single Legionnaire in it for as little as one panel. I have every single issue that mm-hmm. DC's ever published that has ever had a Legionnaire in it. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. Got them all. Yeah. On the Marvel side, I have no joke, mm-hmm. every single comic that Tony Stark has appeared in. Yes. Okay. These are my two, for me, these are my two franchises. Lisa mm-hmm. Superheroes, mm-hmm. Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yes. Boom, boom. All right. Yes. Arno Stark was a neat character when they did the, the, the future, you know, and they did the, the, uh, what it was, 2099 or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a neat, okay, fine. It was whatever. Sure. It's not, a, look, I have no problem with you f- punching up a character and freshening it up every once in a while. And, and I have no problem when they, you know, Marvel does soft retcons with origins because, you know, oh, it doesn't course. make sense from the Punisher to have served in Vietnam and still be 20 years old <laughs> or 30 mm, years old, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for Tony Stark <laughs> to have, you know, been injured in the, the caves of Vietnam yeah. and, and and still be 30 years old. It, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. So I have zero problem with you, you, you sure. soft retcons. Of where they came from. But this idea to make Tony Stark adopted <laughs> and to have another brother, Arno, it's just, it's just so dumb, Stephen. It is dumb, and it adds nothing for any of the character. It just, if you're not adding something to the character of real substance of value, yeah. don't do it. Who cares about the past? Right? <laughs> new stories looking forward. What matters for mm-hmm. a character is how you write them in the present and yeah. going forward. Messing around with the past doesn't really do anything unless the character is broken. Mm-hmm. A character like Hawkman, he needed a lot of work on his past yeah. to make the character functional, Jeez. right? Yeah. He needed it. Mm-hmm. So certain characters need, I mean, desperately need the work done on their past to fix a broken, fractured continuity mm-hmm. in order to go forward. Tony Stark didn't need that. His past was perfectly fine. His past, in fact, didn't really matter. No, and it doesn't matter because, and it still doesn't matter. Notice how nobody ever brings it up. 
Thank you. So, <laughs> anyhow, this issue, Stephen, is all about Arno Stark, whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and we see him. He flies. He's, he's, he runs the Maria Foundation. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the, philanth- the philanthropic arm of the Stark organizations. Yes. And it is run independent of Tony Stark, and it is funded by... Uh, charitable donations. Mm-hmm. So you have Stark Solutions, you have Stark Resilient, you have Stark International. They're all fall under Tony Stark's banner. Yes. And then you have Maria Stark Foundation. That's the one run separate, charitable, and run by Arno. Mm-hmm. And so we learned that basically what he does, he just globe trots and solves people's problems with his amazing technology. Mm-hmm. Long and short of it, right? Pretty much. We yeah. see that he flies out to China to uh, graft a new arm to this world-renowned uh, violinist. Mm-hmm. And he can play violin amazing. And everyone's shocked that this man has yeah. this new arm and can play the violin. And it's the, the arm of a of a, a chef or something who died in a car pastry crash. Chef. Yeah, pastry mm-hmm. chef. And then... And it's noticeably different from the other arm. Correct. Like it's very much a female arm. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we see him solving pollution problem in the waters outside of Scotland mm-hmm. for the fishermen out there. Mm-hmm. And we there see the him... feeding, get it growing a giant wheat field in the sedan. Yes, to solve the problem of hunger mm-hmm. out there. And then we see him being contacted by a cattle rancher, Wayne Butterfield. Carol Danvers? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> She's back. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, <laughs> okay. And so Wayne Butterfield, <laughs> Wayne has a cattle ranch in Montana. Mm-hmm. And it specializes in guilt-free beef, yes. meat that's ethically fine to eat. Yeah, is Slot just can't help himself, can he? He, no. he is all about ethical stuff between Jocasta, robots rights, AI rights. Is is he meat. really? Because he plays them like such a joke. I know, I know. I don't get that. I don't seriously? get seriously. I don't get it. How he butchered the machine man. I I know, I know. It's it's just it's unbelievable, isn't Ugh. it? So <laughs> butcher me. Ah, <laughs> so um, that was unintentional. Arno goes, "I'll help." He's having a problem with his livestock. So Arno goes out to Montana, and we see that this cattle rancher has <laughs> holy <created> crap <laughs> cows that don't have a brain. So it's basically a cow with a misshapen head because it doesn't have a brain. Yeah, and since it has no brain, it has no feelings, it has no personality, it has no sense of self, mm-hmm. no higher cognitive functions. Therefore. Uh, it's not harmed, and you can butcher it and eat it. I mean, it's still alive. If your objection to eating beef is it's alive, then yeah. it's still alive. You whether could, it, You could have cloned a brain-dead cow, and I, that would have been... Or a cow that was dead that has no brain, <laughs> and it would have been a much easier... I just, but whatever. Whatever, you know? yeah. And we see the we see the cow ranchers, cow prodding these cows to get them around. And uh, one of them gets, I guess they kill one of them. Uh, or they, no, they cow prod him down so, so Arno can study it. Yeah, they think and it's the, the mutation. Yeah. The odd one. Because they're, they're having this weird mutation. Mm-hmm. And we go inside the facility, we see how these things are created. And, uh, and ew. It's pretty gross. <laughs> and Arno does all of his studies, and he decides that he's figured out what it is. And we cut to later, and we see our 
our cattle rancher and his his staff and, and Arnold are all having a little dinner together. They're having steak. Mm-hmm. And Arnold's like, yo, well, if your cattle doesn't feel pain, then how does a cattle prod work on them? And he goes, well, they feel the pain. The cattle actually they feel it. They just don't understand it. They don't think the way we do. And then Arnold's like, yeah, but, you know, they'd be sensitive to the pain in a different way that we'd never understand. And he goes, what about those chips you're putting in them, the ones that you put in their brain stems? Are they connected to your Wi-Fi? He goes, yeah. And he goes, huh, interesting. And then he asked the chef, how long did, you, did it take to prepare the meat? And the guy's like, oh, you know, start carving it up, marinating it about two hours ago. And Arnold goes, huh, and he's thinking and thinking and thinking. And we see, we see the cattle rancher eating the steak. And, and uh, the cattle's. The brainless cattle start freaking out, and they start rampaging, and they break loose, and they rampage out of the pen where they're kept. And Arno goes, oh, I made an error. You created these creatures. You created, you connected these creatures together through the chips and the Wi-Fi system, and they have a higher brain function as a herd. And so the gas he used on them to knock them all out when he studied mm-hmm. them ain't going to work. Nope. They all wake up. That's why they're all awake. And then we see them stampeding through the ranch where they're having their dinner. Yeah. And everyone's getting stampeded. All these innocent people get stampeded. Mm-hmm. And the rancher's like, oh, the, what are we going to do? Do something, Arno. Save us. And he's like, look, this isn't a stampede. It's revenge on everyone who's eaten that meat. <laughs> They know. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. This is like trauma movie bad. Yeah. Like this is trauma studios level bad mm. writing, Steven. Yeah. It's so bad. Mm. And then Arno's like, look, they told the combined psychic field and they feel everything is one. They won't trample their own. I goes, I've got to sync up with them and join the herd. And he does that, <laughs> and the cattle rancher's like, "Well, what are you? What about me?" And he's like, "Hey, sorry. I mean, I know how to survive. Doesn't mean you know how to survive." And the cattle kill everybody. <laughs> this is so bad. This is so bad. It's revenge. <laughs> it's so bad. And, 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 and Arno's just standing there as they're dist- as, as the cattle are rampaging, crushing everyone with their hooves. Arno's like, "Look inside. Find the part of myself." It's only flesh and bone, muscle and blood, the place where I'm just meat, genetically altered livestock, a reject, their mutation, trapped in a pen day after day, year after year, a mine encased in useless meat. This is back because he had the medical condition yeah. where he could never leave his like boy in the bubble scenario, mm-hmm. right? He had to stay in like the pressure, uh, you know, yeah. medical pressure chamber because he was too unhealthy to leave it. Mm-hmm. While he goes, oh, wow, that prize stud roamed free. That's Tony. Yeah. Um, and then Arno's like, it's over. The stampede is over. I've made it through to the other side, but the others, they're trampled, broken, mulched. I'm like, this is so bad, Stephen. This is so bad. <laughs> it is so cheesy. It is yeah. so over the top, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is just so over the top. Mm-hmm. So then we see Bane Industries has arrived on the scene to clean up the area. Mm-hmm. And Bane asks Arno, why'd you call me instead of your brother? 
And he's like, look, you know, you're really good at what you do, and I don't need my brother involved, and mm-hmm. what are you for this job? And she goes, well, for starters, dinner. This Bane lady likes the Stark boys, evidently. She, all she wants to do is go to dinner with the Stark boys. <laughs> and so we then cut to later, and we see that Arno's being contacted by the people in Scotland. That thank you for, you know, our wa- cleaning up our waterways. We won't waste a se- the second chance. Mm-hmm. And then he gets contacted by the farmers in the Sudan, and they're saying, hey, our crops, you know, we planted more fields, and now the, 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 the crops are robbing moisture, a little moisture from the other crops, and they're all dying off. And Arno's like, well, yeah, you, you, you know, miracles have their limits. And they're like, can you fix it? And he goes, I could, but I have my limits too. Next. Yeah, and we're like, oh no, he's just gonna be like over the top, like mwahaha. Ah. And then like the guy with the arm, the violence of the arm, calls him and says, oh, but this arm is doing things while I sleep at night. It writes things down on my sheet of music, terrible things like, where am I? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> an arm, Stephen, not a brain, not a ghost, but an arm. <laughs> this is so bad. This is out of the most low budget trauma films. Yeah, you could imagine. Mm-hmm. This is so bad. And Arno's like, did you ever stop to wonder how he found the donor at the right time? Her name was Hannah. And she was the other car, Mr. Ong. The, the one that you hit while you were texting. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> like, this is like really, really, really bad movie. Like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. You know, this is terrible. And he's like, the best thing you can do for the both of you is to let her be part of the music. Remember, it needs to be heard. <laughs> My advice is to, for you to play. <laughs> now, play! And he starts playing the violin! Why? <laughs> Why does he force him to play the music? What does it have to do with the arm that wants to know what happened to it? Play and play now! Play Dance Monkey Dance for my amusement! <laughs> so over the top oh and cheesy, God. Stephen. <laughs> and then we see him having dinner with Miss Bane, Sunset Bane, and they <laughs> toast their glasses together and um, they uh, toast to the future. And that's the end of the issue. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Tony Stark Iron Man number five, Steven. What say you? Well, um, <laughs> um <laughs> Dan Slot po- like he posed originally this this is gonna be all the issues are gonna be individual stories. Um he said he wanted it to be like Black Mirror. The Oh no the updated uh uh Twilight Zone ish. Yeah, except that's actually good writing. Uh, yeah, but he made it's he he <laughs> instead of Tales from the Crypt, he gave us Tales from the Hood, and that's not that's not good. <laughs> no. Um, I no. no, actually, Tales from the Hood makes me laugh. So. Ah, it <laughs> Sorry. does. It does. Don't don't insult Tales from the Hood, Stephen. That's actually got entertainment value. I'm trying to think of like a terrible anthology, but I can't really think of anything. Oh God, nothing that bad. Oh Lord, I just don't. It's just really bad like, tales from the crypt. <laughs> yeah, it's the the, the lower end. Um, <laughs> Jesus, they. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I had never read anything with Arno Stark in it, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know who this is. This is supposed to be my big introduction to it, and 
I mean, there's some stuff that could have been interesting, like I, the stuff with the the sedan, like the the farmers, and they're like, "Well, we planted more." It's like, yeah, and you used up all the moisture, you you dumbass. Like that that <laughs> if if he could if that would if that alone would have been like, okay, well, okay, sure, that makes sense. I don't know why you didn't tell them not to do that. <laughs> right, kind of bad on you, but yeah, <laughs> it's the. <laughs> The thing with the cows, God, that is, that was so <laughs> stupid. Like it was dumb. Like I mean, I guess the the idea is not the worst, but it's just it just goes so over the top, you know. Yeah. Like it's like just just stick. To, you know what? You have a stupid idea, just stick to it. Just sell it as straight as possible. And Less then, is more. And then it's revenge. I'm like oh gee, oh god. <laughs> on all who have eaten the meat. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's... Um, maybe you committed a little too hard to the idea. <laughs> I've... Like, that's something that I could see, like... I just... I just have this image in my head where he's thinking, it's like, no, it's not... It's not a stampede. It's... And then he turns to the camera. Revenge! Dun, dun, dun! Do it like, like Shatner or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, this was um, it's pretty embarrassing, to be perfectly honest with you. I, 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 this was this was Teen Titans bad. This was Teen Titans bad. I, oh except without the benefit of oh, he can write Damien. Cool. It's this is just. <laughs> I will I I will to say something nice. I I like the art. The art's fine. Yeah, the art's pr- the art's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I've noticed that, like in medium shot looking panels, like mm-hmm. the faces lack a lot of definition. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when they're close up or when it has like something big to show you, it's like okay, well that's kind of nice. So yeah, I agree. It's um, I can see this artist, these artists going going places with uh-huh. a little a little more work, a little more practice. Uh huh. Um, and I. I don't know. I like I like I know I know you're not a fan of this property, but I, I like I like watching Doctor Who, and <laughs> even and even the even the very worst episodes. At least there's an interesting concept, right? And it's structured kind of like this. Everything is something. Every episode is something different. Okay, you go do something somewhere, wherever, whatever. Right. But this didn't even have that. So it is even worse than the worst of Doctor Who, which Dan Slott's a big fan of Doctor Who. Yes. So he must have said, oh, I'm going to write a shitty Doctor Who episode <laughs> and put it into a comic book. And what do you know? You succeeded, Dan. Awesome. <laughs> I guess this is why he shouldn't write more than one comic book at a time. Because Yeah. Ugh. This is not a well-written issue. This is bad. This is really bad writing. Is, is it bad? It is, is just, <laughs> it is just, it is so over the top. It is so heavy handed. It yeah. is so incredibly cheesy. Ugh. And it's not the good, it, it's so much that it's not the good kind. Yeah. This is the bad kind. This mm-hmm. is, it, 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 it is so, it's, it has no self, uh, it is not self aware. Yeah. At all. It doesn't understand how bad it is, so it's not mm-hmm. laughing at itself at no. any point. Um, it's being played straight when yeah. it should be playing for laughs because the reader. What happens is the reader unintentionally laughs 
all throughout the issue. Yeah. And you're not laughing with the story. You're laughing, you're laughing at, at the, the story. story. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a real problem. Yeah. And there is no reason to read. You could skip this issue. Oh, there, yeah. There is nothing in here. They did nothing at all. This is a complete throwaway issue. Mm-hmm. 100% throwaway issue. Absolutely. You don't need to read it to understand the overarching story arc whatsoever. You already know Arnold doesn't like Tony. Done. Move on. Yeah. That's all you need to know. So there's no reason to buy this issue. No. There's no reason to buy this issue. And, uh, I mean, this is really, this is just bad, bad writing. Yeah. All around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art's fine. I'm with you. The art is perfectly fine. It's perfectly serviceable. It's sure. not the best art in the world, but it's no. fine. It is fine. And I could see where, you know, with a little bit more effort maybe that, you know, you could punch up the art a little bit more because you're right. Some of the backgrounds are a little blank. Yeah. And some of the mid-range, long-range shots, the faces really suffer. Mm-hmm. But all in all, solid artwork yeah. in general. Uh, how would you grade out Tony Stark Iron Man number <laughs> Cinco? <laughs> Um, I wish this was issue three because I'd be like, "Well, the the issue never gave it gave me the answer." Yeah, <laughs> but it's um actually no, actually it's not. The number is the number's two. There you go. I laughed, and that's why it's not a one. There you go. But and the art, I'll give the art, I'll give the art a six. There you go. Fair enough. I will go the story. I'll give a one night girl out of ten. This was just a joke. Is but yeah. this is the kind of if I, this is the kind of comic book that makes you embarrassed to be a comic book fan. Like if someone read this and they're like, "You like comics? This is what you read?" Uh, no, don't please don't judge them all by that. Yeah. Please don't judge them all by that. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Um, I, I I liken this again after everything to, to wrestling. It's it's like May Young birthing a fake baby on Raw. And someone who doesn't watch wrestling walks in the room when that happens, and they look at you and go, you watch pro wrestling? And you're like, no, this isn't indicative. This is not representative of what pro wrestling is. Please don't judge me on this one scene. Don't judge me on this comic. <laughs> it's, it, it's bad. The art, I will go a tad bit lower than you. Five night girls out of ten. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Last from Marvel. Yes. Extermination number four. Mm-hmm. The best thing about this issue is the cover it is old i like the old school font (laughs) um, of the marvel comic groups banner across the top the old school font of the m with the number and the date and the month and the the, The the price price and and the heads of the various characters that appear in it it's very old school i like it you know the worst thing about that the 399 price tag yeah that is not good no (laughs) so this issue steven is number four this has been a very slow event it's a five issue story Mm -hmm. and i would say that issues one through three have not offered much in the way of plot progression (laughs) has not been the most exciting read up until now plot what's that right (laughs) and so here we are the basics is this ahab a mutant hunter from the future come to the present to kill all the time displaced Mm x-men and a young cable has shown up and killed older cable and has now captured Iceman, Beast, and Angel. Uh-huh. And also Ahab has um, revealed his control over a sleeper mutant hunting hounds. And within the X-Men ranks, they turn they turn Old Man Logan, Rachel Gray, and Nightcrawler, and Shadowstar into hounds to hunt the mutants. Mm-hmm. And that um, that's where we are. Yeah. So... This issue is brought to us words by Ed Brisson, layouts Pepe Larraz, pencils 
Um, let me see. Arid Andido and Inks by Dexter Vines. We begin um, on Captain Ahab's ship. And I love it. They decide they are going to prepare to dive into the water to go where Cyclops is being held. Mm -hmm. And Ahab's ship dives into the water. And then we cut back to the X-Mansion or the Xavier Institute. I apologize. <laughs> How dare call it X-Mansion. It's not that anymore. And we see Cannibal arriving on the scene with Shatterstar. He has been knocked out. And we see all the X-Men recovering from their big battle with the Hounds. And everybody fills each other in on what's going on, how there's a teenage cable, how there are the twins, uh, Maxim and Manon, who can are with Ahab, they can turn people into hounds. And, and uh, uh, Cannonball says, yep, they did that to Shatterstar, and it took me forever to get him, you know, knock him out. And then we see Kitty Pride saying, well, we got to, we got to set up a team and uh, go after Ahab. And, I, you know, Kitty Pride, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. She was for a very, very long time the youngest X Men, like to the point where she was like a 13 year old girl. Yeah, I know she's been aged a tad bit, mm -hmm. but um, still, of out of all these X Men characters, she should be one of the youngest ones. Still, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Clearly younger than a character like Storm. Sure, much younger than Storm. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow, as I look at this panel, Stephen. Uh, Storm looks very youthful yes. and vivacious. And Kitty Pride looks like a 45-year-old soccer mom. <laughs> I, 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 I question Stephen. Does she have the diaper? She, uh, yeah, a bit of the diaper action still. <laughs> um, so I, I question Stephen why Kitty Pride is being drawn like a 45-year-old <laughs> soccer mom. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. All the other X-Men women are drawn very youthful, mm -hmm. and yet Kitty Pride, I mean, seriously, she, she's got the helmet hair. Yeah. She's got the soccer mom look. <laughs> she is middle-aged. It's it is weird. Yeah, she looks it's weird. Yeah, she looks like. Um, well, I don't know why this came to mind, but it reminds me of Jodie Foster when she <laughs> was forty-five. <laughs> I just I see uh, it. That's funny. I, I cannot unsee it. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, then we cut to Cable's safe house in Jackson, New Jersey, and we see uh, the team of uh, Warpath and Boom Boom or Boomer <laughs> and Domino, my girl, and Jean Grey, the young one. Mm -hmm. Battling it out with uh, Young Cable. And finally, Jean Grey has enough, and she suspends everyone with her telekinesis into the air. Stop biting. I want to know what's going on. And Young Cable says, look, I killed Old Cable because he wasn't doing his job. He's supposed to keep this order in time in, this timeline in order, squashing any anomalies. But he gave all you guys a free pass, and now everyone's in danger. She's like, I didn't, he's like, I didn't kill Cable. I am Cable. I just retired the older, less effective version. And the same will happen to me one day. And the long and short of it, he's here to uh, save everyone. Because mm -hmm. uh, Ahab is here uh, because one of them dies. And he says that it's going to be Bobby Drake who dies, but it, but it doesn't really matter which one. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. All Ahab has to do is kill one of the original X-Men. Just one, and he completely rewrites your history. You'll never be able to go back and fulfill the past in the way you're meant to. Mm -hmm. All right. 
So he takes out his, uh, young Cable takes out his telepathy blocker so Jean Grey can read his mind to confirm that he is, in fact, telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Great. Yay. And then we see that we understand that Mimic, uh, he took the wings off Mimic and put them on Angel because he can't send them back into time tampered with. They have to be in the original state they were when they mm-hmm. were last in the past. Yeah, at least okay. physically, I'm guessing. <laughs> exactly, at least physically, exactly. And Mimic, you know, wakes up and he goes, well, I preferred he asked me, uh, you know, but uh, he didn't have time to ask. He showed me what we were up against, like a dream in my head. And I would have preferred he asked me, but I wanted to help any way I can. So it's okay that you literally mutilated my body. I suppose so. Very <laughs> nonchalant about the whole situation, isn't he? Yeah. A uh, very mature guy there. Uh, very big picture. Good job. Um, Good job, Mimic. <laughs> right. Then we cut to the underwater base where the older Jean Grey, mm-hmm. our Jean Grey, yes. uh, is taking care of Scott. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, these original X-Men, these are the original X-Men, so these should all be like 16-year-olds, shouldn't yes. they? Am, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No, it's all about 16. Yeah. And Jean Grey is breaking some laws here, Stephen, with her intent. She is looking at young Cyclops with, uh, ma'am, you are middle-aged and he is 16. You will get put in jail for that. Yeah. It's a little creepy. I don't know. It just, it's a little creepy. Like, ma'am, I, I, I get that you dated him. I get that you guys are lovers. I get you have a long relationship. But, he, you know, you're still middle-aged. He's still 16. Mm-hmm. Creepy. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, well, how old was Bloodstorm when they went out? Ooh, just saying. Ugh. Just. Ugh. I just don't like stuff like that, Stephen. So, <laughs> um, so <laughs> and then we see, oh no, Ahab's ship, and he arrives outside the sea base, and then teleports via Hound Nightcrawler into. The sea base, and I, I love it. In case, Stephen, mm-hmm. you couldn't figure it out, yeah. Ed Brisson is here to really hammer home the themes. It's not mm-hmm. enough, Stephen, yeah. that the character's name is Ahab, mm-hmm. that he's in a nautical-themed vessel, mm-hmm. that he's in the water, mm-hmm. that he's hunting for one of the original X-Men, mm-hmm. much like Herman Melville's mm-hmm. Ahab hunting for Moby Dick, mm-hmm. his white whale, right? Mm-hmm. A common theme that we have seen throughout literature. Yes? Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yes. Moby Dick, very influential. Yes. I think he didn't need to say anything. I think we all were picking up on the literary subtext there. I think we all picked up on the themes. But in case you were wondering, he has Ahab say, there's something very poetic about having to take to the ocean to find my white whale. Thank you for giving my hunt the literary flair it needed. It's not cool when you have to point it out to the reader. <laughs> Literary themes are fun when you don't point them out to the reader and just leave it for us to figure them out. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, right, Stephen? That's the mm-hmm. fun about literary themes, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Jean Grey and uh, the, uh, uh, Wolverine's clone and Wolverine's clone clone yes. leap into battle. Huh. And Wolverine's clone, clone, gets turned into a hound. And Wolverine's clone, clone, attacks Wolverine's clone. <laughs> clone on clone violence. Clone on clones. Clones Oof. on clones on clones. And the long and short of it is, during the battle, during the battle, Stephen, mm-hmm. Cyclops wakes up. And he's like, ah, Ahab, 
this is ending now. We are gonna we're gonna end it now. Ahab's side of the of, of his his side has taken down all the X Men. Cyclops is the only one left. He leaps to battle. He takes off his visor, blasts away at Ahab, mm-hmm. and Ahab goes oh valiant effort, but a little too late, and throws his harpoon at Cyclops. And uh, I have this thing, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I, d- I just in in mainstream superhero titles, mm-hmm. if you're gonna kill a uh, a superhero, mm-hmm. I've I've never liked uh, excessively uh, gory deaths for uh, mainstream superhero characters mm-hmm. that kids are gonna read about. Mm-hmm. Probably could have done this in a less of a gratuitous fashion, because mm-hmm. he's impaled on a doorway, dangling from a bloody harpoon. Yes, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. The battle is over, and you've lost," says Ahab, and everyone is shocked. Both young Jean Grey and older Jean Grey. And that's the end of the issue. How are they going to save the universe, Stephen? Because now they can't get all five original X-Men back into time. Therefore, they've lost. Mm-hmm. We don't need issue five. Yeah. They've lost, Stephen. Yeah, they lost. They've lost. There's Oops. no way the heroes can possibly come back and win, can they? No. No, of course not. <laughs> Extermination number four, Stephen. Tell me what you thought. Hmm. What's it called? Extermination? Extermination. Extermination. Well, it was more like an exposition dump. Because I swear to God, somebody said, oh, I guess I need to put some plot in this. Yeah. Yep. And that's what it was. It was, oh, hey, this is stuff I should have told you. Maybe issue two? Maybe? Uh, At least by last issue, the midway point. Oh. Yeah, at least by issue three at the latest. But no, we're gonna we're gonna have the lead up into the finale be the the first four stages of the writing process and drama yeah. all in one. Yeah, right. And great. Um, but we're gonna do that. We're not gonna have any character development. We're not gonna have any anything no. remotely exciting happen. No. We're going to end with a cliffhanger that you've seen in every comic book ever at yes. one point or another in, yes. in some time that you've been alive. Um, right. It's... Uh, um, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting dumber um, <laughs> listening to that synopsis. It's a... Um, it's fairly well-drawn... Yeah. I like the art. Yeah, it's, I agree. It has some cool... Absolutely. Uh, it makes it makes the action where where it is yep. look cool. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and Edverson continues to do the thing that I hate the most is when Southern characters say I, oh. it's spelled A-H. Yeah, I hate that. I, it, I hate that so much. So stupid. I've never liked that. But um, so, yeah, it's, it's contrived. It's... Cliche, it's yes. kind of dull. Yes, it's just useless, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I'm glad it's almost over. Yes. So that was a positive feeling. Agreed. And 
I don't know. Even the stuff like with like with cable, like I probably would have liked that had we gotten it before now. Mm, Why are we yeah. just getting this right now? We should have gotten that in issue two or three, Stephen. Yeah, we should have gotten that whole exposition from cable. Should have been delivered in issue two or three, so we understood more the parameters of the story and what we're mm-hmm. trying to do. Yeah, that, that really sh- it has to be delivered earlier than he is. This is Stephen. This is just this issue, issue number four out of a five issue. Uh, miniseries, it read like Brisson mm-hmm. was Brisson looked up like yeah. a like a prairie dog out of his yeah. hole and was like, Whoa, whoa, what? Oh shit. I only got one more issue left. Whoa, whoa, gotta get stuff done, gotta get stuff done, gotta get stuff done. Because I didn't do anything in issues one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And so now we're forced to be in full scramble mode to get enough exposition into this issue before the final issue. It's it's bad plotting. It's bad plotting, mm-hmm. it's bad pacing, it's bad basic story construction of a five-issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. It just really is. Yeah. From a technical standpoint, you, this is a poorly plotted, poorly paced story. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and it's really obvious in this issue, as he's in full panic mode, trying to perform as much uh, uh, plot progression and exposition as possible mm-hmm. to try to give some meaning behind this story at yes. the last minute. Mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's really unfortunate. And I don't... And, and you're right. The character work is very thin. Non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very thin. Um, you don't feel engaged by the story. I don't, I don't feel invested in the characters at all. No. I don't feel invested in the characters. I don't feel invested... In, I don't feel pulled into this world. I don't feel uh, enveloped by the story at all. I just don't... I just don't care. No. Everything feels very shallow and on the surface. It just feels so paint by numbers. You just it 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 never draws the reader in and captivates them in the least bit. Yeah. And well, it all feels so predictable, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's so on the nose. And we were joking about literary themes with Ahab, sure. but I mean, but that is indicative of on the nose writing. Well, yeah, it's it's like in any movie where you see something like. Um, um, I don't know, like in a movie with an alien, and the alien inexplicably speaks English, and someone says, oh, it's weird that we speak the same language, and then nothing is ever made of that. It's the lazy trick of, well, if we acknowledge it, maybe people will accept it and not demand an explanation. It's like, well, no, that's just lazy writing. Right. And, and that's what that's what happens here as well. It's just... I mean, uh, this event basically exposes that the whole thing, the entire thing with the young X-Men was nothing more than a cheap gimmick that should have lasted at the very least, at the very most, a year. Right. But they kept dragging it out and dragging it out and dragging it out, and now we're here, and it's... it They had nothing. Right. Because... When you have a cheap gimmick that you've never done anything with for how long now? Five, mm-hmm. six years? Mm-hmm. Then, of course, this is going to feel bad. There, there, there was literally nowhere else we could have gone except down crap. Because yep. Marvel doesn't care. We don't care. Uh-huh. So this is just hurried along, get him out, whatever. And that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. The only reason that this is not as bad this is not as bad as Infinity Wars, which is possibly their worst event in 
I don't know how long. That's like Atlantis attacks bad. <laughs> yes. Um, is because there is actually a story. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. We just got it all in this issue. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So I I will be more than happy to see this done, though I shudder to think of what they're going to do with the X-Men next, because I, I think know. this writer is still sticking around for... Uh whatever they do next. And I'm know, not happy about that. At this point, I mean, I don't know. Rescue, uh, the, 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 the X-Men are such a mess right now. Yeah. They're such a mess right now that I don't know what you do with this franchise. I, I'm at the point where I'm ready just to hit the restart button. It's just... Yeah. 86. It. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just become such a mess. It's unfortunate. Yeah, that is. But, I mean, and, I, and as a Legion Superheroes fan... Uh, the last thing, you know, I, I, I know what it's like to, to have the hard reset mm-hmm. button done. It yeah. happened twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes things get so broken that what, what do you do? Yeah. You know? And I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the the story where they get, like, the, the House of M where they reduced all the mutants, like, that was, it was... I mean, it's, to some people, it was kind of lame, but at least like it was more manageable. Like they had a certain number of oh, people. Yeah. When people died, even if you knew they were going to come back at the time, it was like, oh crap, there's right. only this many mutants left now. Right. So it, I don't know. It's just and now they have so many of them, and they did the humans thing, and they had this stuff with the young X Men. It's like y'all just need to to really just stop. Yep, I agree. Just start with the the go back to the original Uncanny X Men team, like. You know, the one that, that came out of the comic book page at right. you. And just just have that for a while. Mm-hmm. If you want to do another one after that, like do like an X, something that's completely different, like an X-Force title. Mm-hmm. And just slow, keep it like maybe four titles in that series. Because there's enough of them they can sustain that. I agree. But just chill. I totally really agree. need to stop. Kathleen Kennedy, like think of her and what happened to them in Star Wars. Yeah. And say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And pump the brake. Mm-hmm. I I totally yeah. agree. How would you grade out uh, extermination number four? <laughs> um, extermination number four. I give the writing a. I give it a one. <laughs> it's it's just this is just crap. Yep. There's nothing here. Yep. And um, for the art, I'll give it. I'll give a six. Mm-hmm. Like Fair that. enough. I will go the writing. I will mm-hmm. give it uh, two night girls out of ten. Yeah. And the art, I will go six night girls out of ten. There's well, I'm right there with you. All right, my friend. And now is time to check out DC Comics. Let's All kick right. this one off in style with Heroes in Crisis number two, Stephen. Uh, because here at the bunker we have a high budget, I have uh, a little uh, bell right here. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. And um, I'm going to hit this little bell, Stephen. Ding, ding. Like that. Mm-hmm. Every time we get plot progression. Are you ready? Yeah. We begin. This issue brought to us words by Tom King. Mm-hmm. The art, uh, Clay Mann doing mm-hmm. a majority of it with Travis Moore doing uh, about three pages or so. And uh, Tamu Mori and um, Arif Prianto doing the colors. Mm-hmm. So we begin with a poison ivy speaking to the sanctuary camera, and she says she shouldn't be here. And uh, but Harley told her to come, and then Harley appears on the camera, and she goes hi there, and she boops poison ivy's cheek, 
All right. And then Poison Ivy goes, oh, yeah, I really shouldn't be here. And then Harley uh, boops uh, Poison Ivy's cheek again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, Poison Ivy says, hey, did you at least water the plants, uh, have someone water the plants while you were gone? And Harley goes, I didn't, and I'm going to boop you again. And that's how we start the issue. That is riveting. Didn't need to ring the bell for that, but that's riveting stuff. Mm. Uh, then we get a two-page splash shot. Two-page splash shot of, of what? A cool fight scene? No. Uh, Harley Quinn walking past some penguins. And there's no text, no narration, no dialogue, no nothing. Wow. Now we're three issues into the story. Haven't rung my bell yet, have I? All right, so then we see Penguin meeting with Harley Quinn, and I'm not too sure what's going on, Stephen. We don't know where we are. We don't know what's going on. I, I don't know if this is a restaurant that the Penguin has taken over. I don't know if it's a restaurant that he owns. Uh, King ain't telling you. Uh, there is a woman in a black and white costume with a gun to a man's head who is blindfolded. I don't know if that's the restaurant owner. I don't know if that maybe was the maitre d'. I don't know if that's the waiter who gave him bad service. I don't know if it's his restaurant and that's actually a rival gang member. I don't know if it's his restaurant and that's a gang member of his that has displeased him. Again, King ain't telling you. Uh, and she, Harley Quinn goes, hey, Penguin, um, I need... Um, I need help. They're coming for me. All right. So, boy, we're now five issues in and still waiting for something to ring my little bell here, Stephen. Five pages. Five pages. Still ring my little bell. All right. So, here we are. Then we cut to uh, Batman doing an autopsy on Commander Steel. And Batman tells everyone that, uh, tells Superman and Wonder Woman that uh, Sanctuary is anonymous and that all the information that is gathered is completely, is immediately deleted. There is no backup. Everything is erased. Nothing is stored. And uh, Superman's like, oh, we know you have a back door. And um, Batman's like, nope, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And Superman's like, come on. All you do, that's what you do. You prepare for any of us to turn. That's why you probably have some kryptonite hidden in your belt, bat belt right now. Batman's like, I don't. I don't do that. Uh, but, you know, and I do prepare, but Sanctuary needed to stay anonymous. And then uh, Batman goes, hey, did you notice that um, Commander Steel's pretty much impenetrable skin is perfectly intact, but you'll notice a minor bulge in his neck as if he swallowed something. And Batman pulls out of uh, uh, Commander Steel's throat a, a, uh, uh, a wind-up toy set of teeth. Ding, ding. There we go. All right, our seven pages in. We found a clue. A set of wind-up toy teeth, <laughs> Stephen, presumably placed there by the murderer. Mm-hmm. And that would indicate... A clue that would make someone think, could it be the Joker or maybe Toy Man? Um, mm. eh, probably not Riddler. I'm going with Toy Man or Joker. Mm-hmm. At least I, I think that's what the clue is hinting at, possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly misdirection there, because Jesus Christ, if this is the Joker, I'm done. I don't nah. need the Joker. He's already killed Jason Todd. He already yeah. shot and paralyzed Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. I, I, please don't make it the Joker. Yeah. That would be boring. Mm-hmm. We then cut to Batman talking to the Sanctuary video. Uh, and it's flashback scene, obviously. And he says how he trains <laughs> partners, and they become his family, and he's watched so many of them die. And then he starts to cry and says, I'm sorry, and this is like watching your parents have sex. 
Nobody <laughs> wants to see this. And then we cut to um, a Booster Gold waking up in the field after his fight with Harley Quinn. Skeets wakes him up. And uh, and Booster's like, hey, you know, I, I tells him what happened at Sanctuary and um, that Harley Quinn killed everyone. And then he fought her. And in that scene, well, good, good, good. How many pages are we in now? We're now, I've only read my bell twice. And we're on page like nine. Then we cut to Harley Quinn in her old costume in the Penguin Safe House playing cards with a penguin. Steven, this is a full page splash shot of Harley Quinn uh, playing cards with a, with a penguin. That's a good use. Woo. And then uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman appear. Okay. And uh, boy, then we, we leave that scene because we might have gotten plot progression. Holy crap, we can't have that. And then we cut to Booster Gold flying with Skeets, and Booster's like, you know, uh, what should I do? Should I turn myself in? Should I solve the murder? Maybe I should just ask myself what Batman would do. That's what every hero should do when they're in a sticky situation. And uh, Batman would solve the mystery. And Skeets is like, oh, I was hoping he'd turn himself in. And Booster's like, nope, he solved the mystery. 99% sure. And Skeets is like, 90? And Booster Gold's like, 70% sure. For someone who just saw a bunch of people get murdered and nearly got killed himself. And these aren't just like random people. These are like his comrade in arms mm-hmm. getting murdered. And yet he's all, ho, 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 jokey, jokey, jokey. <laughs> it, it's, it, at this point, the issue, I was like, I'm done. It's not believable. Like you've managed to pull me completely out of the story because it's just not believable. How, how, characters have to act with some type of consistent internal logic to the story itself. I get the idea, concept of, of what? Of comedic relief, but it has mm-hmm. to be logical. And this character just went through like insane trauma. You just saw people get butchered. Why would you wake up and just, woohoo, I'm a wacky joke. I don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I, I didn't get what the motivation here was. Maybe I missed it, but I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, but I do know one thing. Still no plot progression. But luckily, if you missed the first issue, you've been filled in pretty damn well as to what happened. <laughs> yeah. And then you cut back to the safe house, and, um, and uh, uh, Harley Quinn uh, hugs Wonder Woman. And while she's hugging her, she tells her that Booster Gold killed everyone at Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And you see her reaching behind and grabbing the lasso of truth. Now, the interesting part of this scene, Stephen, is you don't know when she's touching the lasso of truth. So is she touching it when she tells Wonder Woman that Booster Gold killed everyone, or is she touching it when she says, "Before we do all the punching and the fighting," and then starts singing? So you don't you don't know when she touched it. So you don't know. The reader still kept in the dark as to who to believe, Mm -hmm. which is actually a good move. It's a little. I like that King is keeping it this a little unpredictable because you're you could read it as mm-hmm. she was touching it the whole time yeah but you don't know for sure that she was touching it so again it keeps a little bit of misdirection it keeps mm-hmm. the reader guessing as who is reliable yeah. do i believe booster do i believe harley quinn mm-hmm. both of them you know are not reliable narrators no and so it keeps the reader in the dark this is a mm-hmm. good move to not be like clear like overtly clear over whether she was touching the lasso or not when she said that. Mm-hmm. That was a good move. That's a good construction of mm-hmm. that moment. Uh, th- uh, please continue. Please. Yeah. I so, just, yeah. 
And then he further uh, I, I, he furthers that with this is for me this is the strength of the issue mm-hmm. um, is that he furthers this this mystery and this misdirection and this uh, this theme of the unreliable character mm-hmm. by having her you get the lasso and she wraps it around Batman's neck and threatens to uh, break his neck with the magic lasso if Superman and uh, Wonder Woman don't back off. And then she goes, uh, ask Batman, now that you got the lasso around you, you can't lie, so you have anything fancy you can take uh, out Superman? And Superman's like, he doesn't. And then Batman responds, there's Krypton at my belt. Third pouch on the left, in a lead <laughs> container. And Wolverine's like, Batman. And then Harley Quinn blasts the uh, Superman with the with kryptonite and goes, deuces, I'm out. And she goes, I want to leave you with, now she lets, remember, now she lets go of the lasso of truth. Mm-hmm. This is important. She has the kryptonite in one hand. Mm-hmm. She lets go of the lasso of truth and goes, I want to leave you with one thought, a reminder, really, Booster did it. So again, mm-hmm. she's still, she's not holding the lasso when she says that. Yeah. So this is important. Mm-hmm. Now, the downside, of the, now, I'm going to have to praise the scene. The downside of the scene is that at this point, there's zero reason, yeah. literally zero reason that one woman doesn't reach out, grab Harley Quinn by the scruff of her neck, yeah. and smash her into the ground, knock her out immediately. <laughs> I mean, there's, Stephen, there's literally, there's literally no reason. Yeah. That's a huge plot hole. Yes. Put that aside for right now. Yes. That's a mistake. But what yes. I did like about the scene was, again, the unreliable character. You have Batman. King makes a point of having Batman say how Sanctuary's data is not kept. He doesn't have a back door. It's mm-hmm. always anonymous, and he deletes everything. But then he has, and, and that, you know, Batman does prepare, but, you know, he doesn't have kryptonite on him. Yeah. And then he has Batman saying that he does have kryptonite, and he does have it yeah. on him. So, again, it makes Batman an unreliable narrator. He's an unreliable character. Mm-hmm. You don't know if he's telling the truth. He lied about the kryptonite. Yep. Why isn't he lying about Sanctuary's data? Mm-hmm. So now, now the reader goes, I don't know who to believe. Yeah. That's good. That, that's good story construction. When mm-hmm. you have a mystery at hand, that's a good way to keep the reader guessing. Yes. I like that. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the one good theme that I enjoyed the most, and you see it later in the issue. Then you cut to one woman giving her one-page uh, uh, sanctuary video scene. This one actually, uh, where the Batman was like watching your parents have sex, <laughs> terrible. Um, this one was really good because it captured, I think, uh, one woman. You know, she talks about how she has nightmares about her mom being killed and all that kind of stuff. And basically, she just, um, she just, uh, you know, she thinks that other people are suffering more than her, and she prefers just to bite her, uh, just to bite her lip. Mm-hmm. I like it because she realizes I don't have it nearly as bad as other characters. Yeah. Like, not nearly as bad. My little trauma that I have is nothing compared to other characters. Yes. So she has good self-awareness that she actually has pretty mm-hmm. lucky life. Yeah. And um, that whatever little adversity she has, she can just stiff up her lip her way through it. Mm-hmm. Very consistent with the character. Yes. I like that. That mm-hmm. was a good job. And it's, I mean, and I'm sure the psychiatrist of the world is like, well, that's still not good. But she's like, well, it doesn't matter because right. other people matter. I have right. to take care of them. So so I, I like that. That was a good, good handling of that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to Booster Gold arriving in Central City and talking to Flash. And this is just horrible. This is horrible writing. He's like, hey, Flash. Booster's like, Flash. Uh, uh, so what's going on with the autopsy? Why would he think Flash would A, know about what happened at Sanctuary. B, be performing autopsies. If he was doing that, why would he be here, be out here battling random bad guys? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't he be in a, 
somewhere doing autopsies. I mean, this just happened. These these murders j- literally just happened. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why Booster's making these ridiculous assumptions. There's no reason for it. And then, of course, Barry's like, what are you talking about? And Booster goes, oh, I was just thinking about the bodies and that we should start there with the bodies. And that's, that's we should, like, this guy sounds like Ashton Kushner from, Dun- uh, from uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> I mean, I get Booster's a goofy guy. He's always been a goofy guy, but he's yeah. never been, dude, where's my car stupid? I mean, uh, he goes, and then I thought, uh, well, I don't know anything about bodies, but Flash, that dude knows all about bodies and science. It's like, look, they, holy crap, Booster Gold isn't a retard. I mean, he's not this dumb. <laughs> I mean, he's not. The, I mean, he's he's not like he he is not Bill and Ted on pot stupid. Okay, and um, and then Barry's like, "What bodies?" And Booster's like, "You know, all the bodies." And Bo- Skeet's like, "Booster, he doesn't know. Shut up, shut up, really, shut up." And Booster ignores him for some because evidently Booster's brain dead, lacking of oxygen. And he goes, "You know, like Arsenal, Blue Jay, Ivy, Wally, like." Stephen, it pulls me, it's so bad, it pulls me out of the story. There's no reason why Booster Gold, who's been in the Justice League forever, would ever, 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 ever be this phenomenally dense. He knows who Wally West is, and mm-hmm. he knows who Barry Allen is. He, know, he would never do this. This is so, it makes no sense. I mean, it just, it literally makes no sense mm-hmm. at all. And then Barry races off, and Booster's like, oh, where's he going? Oh my God, Steven. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's my brains actually come out of one fucking ear and tried to leave because mm-hmm. this is so stupid. And Skeets is like, well, he's probably going to check and see if Wally's really dead. And then ba- Booster, well, I think that'll take. Oh my God, he's the bestest man in the world. What do you think? Like, it's just, it's too much. And then Barry races back and punches Booster saying, what did you do? And then I'm thinking, well, why would Barry, who is not like the Punisher, mm-hmm. he's not like Wolverine, he's not even like Hawkman, mm-hmm. why would his first reaction would be to run at super speed and punch Booster in the face unless – it's not like someone told him that Booster did it. No one's told him Booster was the killer. Mm-hmm. He's just the messenger, and Barry Allen's not the kind of person that would punch a messenger in the face. That's not his character – even remotely, ever. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't make sense. Anyhow, then you come back to the safe house, uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, processing all the information, and uh, Superman's talks about how, oh man, she got the drop on you, Batman, she's as good as you. Which, what? Like, when has Harley Quinn ever been portrayed on the same level as Batman in hand-to-hand fighting? Like, that came out of nowhere. And again, you can build a character up, but you got to do it over time. This is kind of like when in the WWE, they wanted to break into the Indian market, so they made this wrestler, Jinder Mahal, who was a total jobber, into the champion. We're in the belt. And all the fans were like, they did it out of nowhere. Like, literally, mm-hmm. he was a jobber one day, and then the champion the next day. Mm-hmm. And all the fans were like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, 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 you you got to take him on a journey. Mm-hmm. You got to take him on a story. You got to show the fans why he went from jobber to champion. 
Mm-hmm. In this case, you got to tell me why Harley Quinn just went from a kooky, crazy character, mm-hmm. which I like. Don't get me wrong, but sure. she's always been she's been she's a fun character. Don't get me wrong, I like Harley Quinn, but yeah. she's not. She, she's never been portrayed as the world's most badass hand to hand combat. Yeah, character. She yeah. just hasn't. To she's better than you, Batman. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you skipped a few steps there. Yeah, uh, just a couple. And so then, um, but before they can argue about Batman having kryptonite on him. Superman, I guess, either hears or sees Barry attacking Booster. Mm-hmm. And Superman flies off super speed. And then we get a one-page scene of Harley Quinn talking about all the bad, bad things she's done in her life. Like she shouldn't have fallen in love with Poison Ivy. And she shouldn't have let anyone hurt her. She shouldn't have let her go into sanctuary. She shouldn't have loved her. She shouldn't have run from Mr. J. She shouldn't have loved Mr. J. She shouldn't help Mr. J. She shouldn't let anyone change her. She shouldn't have let anyone hurt her. So she's like, I guess she's working backwards throughout her life to what yeah. started her being her. Mm-hmm. And I guess this scene is to imply that Poison Ivy is that. So ding, 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 ding. Got to ring it a second time. <laughs> Finally, second time. It's to imply I is to imply Poison Ivy's dead. Yeah. Even though we've not seen the body, it's not been confirmed, but she was a sanctuary. Yeah. And this is clearly, she's eulogy- She's dropping a rose into the into the river. Mm-hmm. She's clearly giving a eulogy to Poison Ivy, so it seems to imply that Poison Ivy's dead, which, yeah, if is- true, is really unfortunate because that's a character with lots and lots of potential. I thought that they've yeah. really done a great job on Gotham City Sirens mm-hmm. with that character. And I think Poison Ivy really blossomed. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but she, she, it's hard to hard to use a word about growing a character or evolving a character. Yeah, without a flower, without a, a, a yeah. flower reference. But that's it. I thought Poison Ivy is a character that really benefited a lot from Gotham City Sirens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, I thought she became a character that really became much more fully developed, compelling, a bigger role in DC, and yeah. and uh, not too sure. I understand if she is dead. Well, I'm not Why, too sure. Yeah. I understand the logic and. Much like with Wally West, with him symbolizing, you just brought him back, and he's supposed to symbolize the yeah, rebirth, the, rebirth. the hope of rebirth. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure the logic in killing those two characters. I, I just yeah. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be explained later on. Yeah. At now, that seems doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We then get a one page scene with Lois Lane debating the grammatical uh, use of uh, the word ubiquitous, and then. Um, also asking someone how to spell traitor. Again, it's, it's little things, Stephen, yeah. that matter. Mm-hmm. Little things matter, and little things pull readers out of stories. And Lois Lane is like a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter. Mm-hmm. She knows how to spell traitor. Yeah. I mean, she. It, I, I get it. I don't know if you're trying to be funny. I don't know I don't know what, I, if it's been to speak. I don't know what it is. It's not helpful to your story. Mm-hmm. She knows how to spell traitor. She yeah. knows how to use the word ubiquitous. You mm-hmm. can use it as an adjective. You can use it as a verb, at, at, at an adverb. Mm-hmm. We all know this. this she's a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter. Mm-hmm. So, but the importance of the scene, and ding, 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 for a third time <laughs> and final time, I got to ring my bell because we do get um, the uh, woman in the office comes up to her and says, hey, we just got this attachment, um, this email, and it's from the Puddlers. And it's a message that says, your heroes hide from themselves from us. Uh, from Sanctuary, here's the truth. More truths will be coming. Who And uh, they signed it, the Puddlers, and it's an attachment of Arsenal's um, video, mm-hmm. Sanctuary video. So now we have learned that, in fact, there is a back door, mm-hmm. or 
there is a backup yeah. of Sanctuary. So now we know Batman's lied. Yep. Or has he lied? Has mm. someone else created a backdoor yeah. and a backup without Batman knowing? But mm-hmm. we don't know because King has done a very good job mm-hmm. of making the reader not know who to trust. Yeah. So is Batman telling the truth? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But he also might be lying because he was lying by the kryptonite. So now the reader just doesn't know mm-hmm. who to believe what. Yep. That's good writing. Mm-hmm. And now you're wondering, okay, so you got Arsenal's backup. You know the other ones are there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we know there's... And now and th- that would include Batman. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And it would include the final scene, Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Superman just uh, basically, he's in his Clark Kent outfit. Mm-hmm. And he's basically debating. He doesn't know if he's Clark Kent posing as Superman or if he's Superman posing as Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, um, at the end of the day, he goes, this is embarrassing. And I can I never talk about it like this. I can't to be a hero. You have to be perfect. This is not perfect. I don't say these things. We can't say these things. What if it got out? Boom. That's good writing. Again, this I thought this, like the Wonder Woman scene, mm-hmm. really, really reflective of the character. This is exactly what I would expect Superman to do. Yeah. This is exactly what I would expect Superman to do. Mm-hmm. I would expect him to hold himself to a level where he believes heroes must be perfect. And they mm-hmm. can't say this thing because they have to be symbols of hope for everyone else. Yeah. This is good, good scene. I like this scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, much like the Wonder Woman scene, awesome. Mm-hmm. Totally opposite of watching your parents have sex with Batman <laughs> scene. Um, <laughs> and then the what if I got out is your hook to tie into the whole mystery of mm-hmm. who's letting this information get out. Yeah. Um, so for me, Stephen, that 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 I kind of reviewed it on the way. Yes. Because it's just it is, the way yeah. this, it just mm-hmm. it was easier for me to do it on the way yeah. I'm doing it. But for me, the strength for me is how King is handling the mystery, mm-hmm. how King is keeping the reader guessing as to who we can trust, who we can believe. Yeah. For me, that is the strength of this issue, mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. And I thought the best character work. In this issue was the scene with um, the one-page scene with Harley eulogizing Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. uh, the one-page scene with Superman, and the one-page uh, Sanctuary, and one-page with Wonder Woman at Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. The rest of the of, of the character work is either bland and, gen- and generic, like mm-hmm. Batman, or the scenes with Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, very yep. bland and generic, or downright. I don't even understand <laughs> how he, why he wrote Booster the way he did. It just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really consistent with the prior issue. It's not consistent with the story. Yeah, it's just not. It just was weird. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, uh, and then my other issue uh, would be the, it's just it, much like extermination, buddy. Sure. You you, mm-hmm. you, you got to get this moving. Yeah. We're now two issues in, and mm-hmm. you've given us very little plot. I mean, this yeah. issue literally. The only new information we got, Stephen, was um, that Poison Ivy's probably dead, mm-hmm. that the killer left a set of wind-up toy teeth mm-hmm. in the mouths of the victim, yeah, and that um, someone has access to Sanctuary's database. Mm-hmm. That's not enough for one issue. No, I, I not, would argue... Especially when you're talking nine issues. Yes. That's not enough for one issue. Yes, and I agree with that. And I would also... Um, just based on what the solicits for the future ones are, bringing Barry Allen into it, yeah. Also, I guess kind of counts because he it's apparently it's going to be him and Batman trying to solve the mystery, the right? So we'll, I mean, that that is something. It's but it's you know it's something, and this is my problem with this because I mean we've 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 bantied about about it <laughs> off off um, 
off mic, but it's me trolling Stephen. Yeah, um, <laughs> but honestly, I do feel a little um, disappointed about this whole thing overall. First of all, I thought I really, really thought that just the way that this was hand. I don't know if this was King's fault or Didier's fault or whoever's mm-hmm, fault, mm-hmm. but I really wish we could have actually seen this facility in operation yes thank you because i think it is a good idea there's a lot of heroes that do have a lot of problems and you know usually it depends on whether the writer after the person before wants to pick it up or not but so i like that and i really would have loved this like maybe it's a little too high concept for a comic book but like seeing them like in the past and then cutting to the future where the carnage is happening you're trying to figure out right. who did it while you're trying while you're seeing in the past mm-hmm. and whatnot because it, it's it's tense you maybe you don't know who all the victims are i really hate that they killed everybody because yeah. there's no witnesses there's no right. whatever and um and i i do agree with you about the booster gold characterization because as as much as, you know, like, I understand that you and Keith Giffen are, like, the only two people in the universe who care about <laughs> I Booster know, Gold. I know, But at the same time, it does, if it was, Even like... if you don't know the character, it doesn't make sense given what's going yes. on in the story. If it was, like, if Skeets had said something like, look, you just, you're you're processing this wrong, like, calm down, you know, because people handle trauma differently. Yes. But this, it just, because there's not that line or whatnot, it, it just seems like he's just... He doesn't understand what's going on, or right. he's just really, really, really stupid. Yes, and um, it's it's it feels like this all should have been in the first issue. It feels like like yes, just put issues, all of, issues one and two should have been one issue. Yes, like I mean, it might have been a little compacted, but you know what? Just just move all the pieces into yes. place right at the beginning. I agree. I totally agree. And just carry on from there. Yeah. And issue one was thin. Yes. Issue two is thin. Mm-hmm. Really, we don't it, need any more thin issues. No, no, no. no. I, I totally agree. Issues one and two should have been the first issue. Combine yeah. the two; it's one issue. I'm I'm concerned that this was originally. I'm concerned that King originally had a four or five issue story in mind. Yeah, and, and then DC it was, was like, mm-hmm. and Dan Didio was like, "Hey, we need this to be a we need this to be a big a uh, bigger event. Mm-hmm. Let's make it nine issues." And King's like, "Yeah, because hmm. it was supposed to be seven, but then they added two issues." Right. So, so I'm kind of like that. Yeah, you know that's that, not, that that's concerns not that concerns yeah. me. Like Identity Crisis was a five issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I I kind of think King had a four or five issue miniseries in mind, yeah. and it got stretched out. And now the he result is a... he's taking issue one and cutting it in half. And now yeah. you have issue one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost read like honestly, it read like issues one and two were originally the were originally one issue together. Yeah, because there's a lot of one page and two page scenes that have literally yeah, have no content. I mean, yeah. literally no content at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what it seems like happened here. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm totally with you about. It. I wish we had gotten more on, in Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I wish we had gotten to see the kill, the the murders, uh, because I feel like having everything happen off panel and before the issue, before this big event started, really mm-hmm. robs. Yeah, a lot um, of the impact. Robs the story of. Mm-hmm. Well, robs the murders of of any and all impact on the reader. Yeah. These murders, Stephen. I feel mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, I, I feel exactly. these murders have zero impact on me. Mm-hmm. They elicit no emotion to me. Yeah, 
because they'd already we stumbled. It's like a, a police procedural that begins with the dead body. Yeah, it's like it's screen. like Law and Order. Right. Yeah. So it robs you of any impact. Mm-hmm. You're not invested in the characters. You're not you're not invested into Sanctuary. Yeah. You're not invested into the mission of Sanctuary. You're not invested in the characters at Sanctuary and what they're in their in their stories and their journeys. You're mm-hmm. not invested in the killings that happen at Sanctuary. You're robbed of all of that, and that is so vitally important for this yeah. issue to have the impact it had. The reason why Identity Crisis had the impact is because they gave you that. Yeah, because that you first saw that. yeah that first issue as much as like I mean people will be like whoa it was just a bunch of talking well there, it was important because right. it set up yes the, how important Sue Dibney was right. to at least to 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 Ralph mm-hmm. Dibney and and so when you see him find her it it really hits you right like oh wow like that's ugh. yeah and uh, and my biggest like the criticism of Identity Crisis was always that. Like, I didn't have any problem with the story or any of the mm-hmm. darker themes that they mm-hmm. explored or whatnot, but mm-hmm. I always thought that the ending with Gene Loring being the killer, as much as I liked how they used that right. to impact, like, the Adam and whatnot, right. I always thought that it was like, okay, so he clearly, this was clearly pulled out of the ass at the last minute. Like, oh, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, she, she did it. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Like, there's right. no setup. There's not even a line right. about maybe microscopic, whatever. Yeah, that was a heck of a swerve. Yeah. And so that, that's always what got, that got me. But at least they had the character stuff. It did, it did lead to something that yes. worked really well. Yeah. And in this, I'm like, Okay, well, I mean, you're right that you know some the the minor stuff with the mystery, which I feared like it's being overshadowed it by is. everything else. That's and unfortunate. I, I really don't like that. I agree with you on that. But um, but at least that's a, okay. Well, at least there is there is something being laid here yes. to go. Okay, what's this? What does that mean? What's going on here? Yep. And um, and even the stuff with the teeth, because like I'm sorry, there's just no way that Harley Quinn could have killed all of those people. No, no. So there no, has to no. be somebody else, right? And of course, is is the and same. You know, it's per- not Booster Gold. No, because def- that's, that's that's too obvious. Too on yeah, the nose. Too, yeah, it's like it's, those it's, those two are too obvious. Right, right. And there's also the thing of well, is the person who killed them the same person who's leaking the information? Right, that's right. It's, it's there's a lot of possibilities. It's just without any witnesses, without seeing the crime, there's no way to know. Mm-hmm. And that always makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, and there's 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 yeah. a fine line, you know. In I know in like. Every creative writing class that I've ever taken mm-hmm. in college, there's a fine. They always teach you about fine line between um, creating a mystery, yeah, and uh, purposely misleading the reader, mm-hmm. or purposely keeping them in the dark, or yeah. purposely withholding too much information. Yes, I feel like King might be guilty of that here. Yeah, I think so too. You got to give with the approach. Yeah, yeah with this approach, mm-hmm. uh, not only do you rob the emotional impact, the emotional investment by not showing a sanctuary and the people there and their journeys and the murders, mm-hmm. you also rob some of the uh, ability of the reader to feel like the writer is being honest and is not being too cute and hiding the ball yeah. by showing them some clues, mm-hmm. even if they're difficult clues. Showing them some clues, yeah, stuff that you can go back and right. say, "Oh, that's what that meant." Right, yeah, and hasn't really done that. And the no. teeth, and, and the set of toy teeth is not enough. No, definitely not. Right. Um, if if it had been the first issue, sure. Right. Because okay, well, there's a clue. Right. Agreed. The, right off the bat. Yep. But um, and the other thing, I mean, he's uh, Tom King. I've he's a very he's a deliberate writer oh, yeah, for the yeah, most no part. He moves at a at, a, at his own pace. Yeah. Um, 
And reading his stuff, single issues, can be a little frustrating. Yes. So, like, I don't want to just write everything off yet because, like, when I read uh, The Vision, Mm -hmm. which is just a strange series anyway, but Mm -hmm. it works when you see it all together because, Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's what that was about. The Omega Men that he did was Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Stuff in Batman is like that. Or even the stuff with... um, with the booster gold stuff there, which I didn't like mm-hmm. when I, when it comes up to issue 50 with the Batman and right. Catwoman not getting married, mm-hmm. when I read all that, it's like, oh, okay, so that's why that was there. Yep. That it had a purpose, but at the same time, it's like, this is a big event. Yeah. It's not like that. Right. And it's like, I'm, I, it's it's frustrating because it's not the best delivery for a big event. No, and I because like when we were we were we were arguing about, it, I was like, I can't believe you're making me defend this because <laughs> it's not really that good, right? I mean, and it's yet, not, it's not it's not horrid. Don't get me wrong. It's not like no. you, you run away from this screaming. I mean, my God, you said not, fear itself. You that was said me, that original was me trolling sin. You. That was me trolling said me. siege, and I said, oh hell yeah. no, we're not doing this. That, today. That's just that's just me trolling, Stephen. <laughs> And I fell for it, to be <laughs> fair. You totally fell for it. It is, it is, it is not as bad as for itself in original sense. No. Uh, Very few that, things that are. That is me trolling you. Like, um, in, like, in, like Infinity Wars, that's pretty bad. But I would say, it, so far, it is the uh, I would rank it as the worst crisis event so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, but, but to be fair, there had some good crisis events. Sure. Uh, but but it, it, is, it is falling far uh, uh, below short. that mark. Yeah. Yes. And mm. that's... That's very um, and this I mean this his first big event right out of right out of the out of the gate I'm like man yeah. you gotta big events gotta are hard do to write something and it's it is hard big to write big events are hard to write and you have to be a very very good plotter uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, know how to deliver a story at a proper pace uh, yes. it's hard to do oh yeah it's very it's hard not to easy. do a big event yeah um, how would you grade out Heroes in Crisis number two um, I would give it oh, we didn't really touch on the art I. The the pages that weren't Clayman's I did not like very much. Mm-hmm. Um, even the ones that were his, they seemed to lack a little bit of definition. Like mm-hmm. the first issue was really really nice. Yeah. Um, I mean it's still it's it's still fine. It's oh, not. Yeah. And the stuff like with the Flash, like the the yes. bright colors popping off, yep. that was good. Looks good. But um, so I'll give I'll give the writing a five, mm-hmm. straight down the middle. Yeah. And I'll give the art a seven. I'm 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 pretty much around the same place you are. Yeah. I'll give the writings a tad bit lower. They all go four night girls out of ten, mm-hmm. and the the art I'll go seven night girls out of ten on the art too. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's hit uh, let's hit Just League Aquaman Drowned Earth number one. Sure. This is the follow <laughs> to the last issue of Just League. We've got the uh, of the world being attacked by the sea gods from the uh, cosmic barrier reef. Mm-hmm. And they are flooding the earth, and they have Aquaman captured, and they uh, we see that Gotham City is being overrun. We see that that uh, even Commissioner Gordon is touched by the water and turns yeah. into a sea creature. Mm-hmm. And we see Batman back in the Justice League Hall of Justice, and he's he's like, I can't believe this. He's just he's over it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> like he says, and he's talking to Commissioner Gordon in Gotham City, and then uh, when he ends talking to him. Christian Gordon gets turned into an alien. Yeah. Uh, he cuts his trans. He says, end transmission. 
and you think he's using a computer, right? <laughs> yeah. And you see Miss Martian there, and she's like, I'm not a computer, Batman. You could just say, Miss Martian, I'm done. <laughs> and his response is like, until we have satellite coverage back online, I need your mind link with the communi- to communicate with the outside world. And he's just like, oh, all business. <laughs> I, I love it. It's, it's perfect. It is so perfect. Because he, yeah. so, he is such a rude-ass mofo mm-hmm. to poor Miss Martian. Yeah. And you know I love me some Miss Martian. Yeah. We've established that. Yeah, and we reviewed oh, the Titans. Oh, yeah. Oh, We've yeah. established that. Um, <laughs> I'm shipping Nightwing and Miss Martian, um, <laughs> but um, but uh, he just he is so rude to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Can I meet a Superman now?" <laughs> it's just so rude, but it's perfect. Yes, it's perfect. it is. <laughs> and then you see Superman in Metropolis, and they've created these Star Labs, created these walls to hold back the waters. Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, I don't know how we're going to stop this. And then they cut to the Pacific Ocean. They see the Flash. He is running so fast. He's running on top of the water, but mm-hmm. he's not being affected by it because he's yep. that fast. There you go. I like how he, Batman's like, no, Superman's like, I hear splashing. Flash, are you? And he's like, Flash fact. You know, all you needed to, all you needed to uh, do is hit the water <laughs> at 30 meters per second to stay on the surface. I'm beating that by a few decimal yeah. points. <laughs> That's good Barry Allen. So, yeah, so, far, um, so far in this issue, and I, I forgot to mention, it's written by James Tinney the fourth, who's been mm-hmm. doing a great job with Scott Snyder over in Justice League. Yeah. Doing a really good job. Howard Porter does the art, Hi-Fi does the colors. But Tinian just shows off the bat, Stephen. Mm-hmm. We're not even halfway into this issue, and he shows off the bat. He's got, he nails Superman's personality. Mm-hmm. He nails Batman's personality. He nails the Flash's personality. Mm-hmm. He nails Aquaman's personality. I mean, right out of the bat. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Tinian the fourth. Just... I'm telling you, Tinian Four and Snyder and uh, Williamson, they are just... They are just on fire mm-hmm. with this whole Justice League story. Yes. They have such a good feel for the characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, we then cut to Atlantis. We see Mira freeing Ocean Master to help defeat these bad guys. And um, we then cut back to the reef, the blood reef, and uh, the sea gods reveal that Black Manta has mm-hmm. been working with them. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And then we come back to Metropolis. Superman sees that Metropolis, is the, the dams have broken, and it's mm-hmm. totally enveloped. Yeah, and Superman's like, I can't believe I failed my city, and he gets pissed, and he eyes glow red, and he mm-hmm. tracks down where the source is, yeah. and um, for the water, and he zips out to the mid Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean, and there's this big cosmic kraken yeah. that's creating the water, <laughs> right? And uh, Superman does the crackacoom like the Hulk, yeah, crackacoom <laughs> sonic slap, you know, and uh, the moment only momentarily phases the kraken. Yeah. And then uh, Barry Allen races onto the scene and can't stop and ends up touching the Kraken. Yeah. And then out of the water comes one of these sea gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he is riding this badass-looking seahorse. Yeah. Really cool design. Really cool character design. And he grabs Superman by the throat. He's like, and starts crushing <laughs> him. He's like, you can't stop us. I'm Commander Drogue. And, and your world's reckoning is only beginning. <laughs> this is cool because I like it because um, they, these are gods, mm-hmm. sea gods. Yeah. So they're magic-based. Mm-hmm. Superman's, yeah, weakness, Superman's weakness magic. is magic. Yep. Good job. Again, Tinny in the Fort really doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And then we come back to the Blood Reef. We see Aquaman battling Black Manta. And they keep referencing that Aquaman has this ability. Mm-hmm. And um, he's never used his ability to its fullest extent. Right, That's his connection with, with the ocean. With yeah. the ocean. Mm-hmm. And up until now, he's used to basically talk to fish. <laughs> so, you know, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. And then we cut back to Atlantis. We see Aquaman using his telepathy to reach out to Mira <laughs> to tell her um, about the blood reef and that she has to run and then his connection gets cut to her and then we see Ocean Master saying look 
Let me take you to the Hall of Crowns. You don't know about it. I, when I was running Atlantis, I sealed this off from everybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows about it. Yeah. Let me tell you about Arian. He tells her about Arian that we learned in the Justice League issue. Mm-hmm. And shows him a crown that Arian had that has the conch shell mm-hmm. called the Tear of Extinction that he used to summon all these space right. gods before when he was trying to, you know, connect all the ocean mm-hmm. life throughout the universe together. Yeah. And uh, so Oshmaster does take the conch shell, use it to save Atlantis. And then at this time, another one of the sea gods arrives, Captain Gull, and he starts battling our heroes. And uh, Mira takes this opportunity to make a quick getaway. Ocean Master says, you run, I'll hold him off. Mm-hmm. He holds him off for a little bit, enough for her to get away, and then he gets turned into an alien as well. Yeah. And then we come back to the Atlantic Ocean, and we see the uh, sea god whooping butt on Superman there, mm-hmm. training him of his power pretty much. He's all unconscious. Yeah. And we see Barry Allen uh, evidently is running fast enough to be impervious to having touched the, the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Is Evidently. Interesting. And uh, he grabs Superman before Superman touches the water because mm-hmm. the bad guy lets go of him. Yeah. So he grabs him and races off super speed toward uh, the Justice League Hall of Justice. We see Batman uh, saying that um, time for the science team to evacuate. They were mm-hmm. the last to evacuate the Hall of Justice. Yeah. And he basically tricks Miss Martian getting into the little teleportation tube and slamming the door shut behind her mm-hmm. and saying that she needs to go back to the Titans and uh, they need her help running EVAC for communication. Yeah. The ability to run EVAC. And, and he goes, that's um, an order. Yeah. And he says that I'm not leaving the totality unprotected. Right. I like how she's like, you, you have to come with me. You can't do this. And he goes, of course I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and teleports her away. But before he teleports her, he goes, save as many people as you can, Megan. Keep the high ground. Don't let these bastards win. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait. And he teleports her away. <laughs> Again, Tinny and the Four has such a good feel mm-hmm. for all these Justice Leaguers. Yes. Just such a good feel. Barry, mm-hmm. Aquaman, Superman, Batman. Just so well done. Mm-hmm. Just really, really good job. Anyhow, we cut back to Aquaman um, with Black Manta and the other sea god, the female one, grabs him and sucks out the life of energy that was imbued uh, by the ocean in him. Mm-hmm. And um, that power evidently was the key in locking them away back in the day by Arian. Mm-hmm. She then gives that power to Black Manta, mm-hmm. and Black Manta gets and goes, oh, what is this? Is this what you feel all the time, Aquaman? You had this power, and you used it to speak to fish? Yeah. So <laughs> now we've learned, and, and Aquaman drops, you know, unconscious. he's unconscious, mm-hmm. and uh, the bad guys are like, ha, 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 we're going to win. Nothing's going to stop us. And yes. then what do we see? We see a shield take out some guards outside of where the bad guys are in the mm-hmm. blood reef are located in a sword and a, then a golden lasso and uh, uh, oh <laughs> it's Wonder Woman. She tells the bad guy that she's wrapped up where the hell is Aquaman. Mm-hmm. So, good hook ending. It continues on in Justice League number 11. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I liked I liked this issue a lot. Yes. I thought this was a really fun issue. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, it, it really well plotted. <laughs> yes. Really well Absolutely. plotted. I mean, it, it, Tinian is moving this forward in a nice, logical order. Mm-hmm. Clear direction in mind. This is a really well-plotted event. He and Snyder have a really well-plotted event going. Mm-hmm. So, really well-paced, too. I mean, oh, he yeah. eases on and off the gas really well. Mm-hmm. Knows when to slow it down to give you some exposition. Yes. To move the story forward. Stomp on the gas to give you some fun action. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. And like I said throughout the review, his character work is excellent. Mm-hmm. The character is excellent. The dialogue is 
fantastic, really well-written dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I love the ending. It's a great hook ending. And what's fun about it is Black Man has got power now mm-hmm. that Aquaman had. And that's a neat little twist because, uh-oh, power up for the villain. Yep. Our hero's in peril. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting about it is we all know that I, – I think we all know that Snyder – Drowned Earth is Snyder um, giving a, much like Hawkman needed it, giving Aquaman a renewed purpose, mm-hmm. uh, uh, giving him a little bit more of an interesting origin, mm-hmm. giving him more of a complex origin, more of a purposeful origin. Yeah. And I think at the same time, Stephen, we're going to see Aquaman with a power upgrade as well. Yeah. Because it is obvious that uh, that his power is far more than just talking to fish. Oh yeah, right. And um, and I mean he's he's gonna beat the sea gods at the end. It's got to be right. him, right? So, so I like that. <laughs> I like that. Aquaman's yeah. a great character. I would like to see. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him have a little bit more of a focused purpose in a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing him playing a bigger role in the DCU. And I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing him get a power grade, a power upgrade as well. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, I mean, he's 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 with Superman and Wonder Woman, who are big heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs to be on their level in terms of power. Batman doesn't because he's Batman. He well, always yeah. wins. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he just—he doesn't need it. He always wins. That's yeah. the point of the character. Aquaman needs that, I think, though, to stand on their level. I think he needs it. But this is a really fun issue. It's really, really fun. I like the whole Drowned Earth story. This is just good, fun, mainstream superhero excitement yeah. and action. Mm-hmm. What was your take? Take on it. Um, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that. Something that is interesting and is really fun is that even though this is kind of a, a little big event, that it also serves the purpose of extending the story that Snyder already has yes. going because yes. you find out that the Sea Gods were summoned by the Legion of Doom. Yes. And um, that uh, apparently they killed Poseidon not just, just because, but because Poseidon was the one who locked those gods away. Yep. And... So giving further context to stuff that had happened before and that also I'm wondering if this, uh, since they're in the search of the, like the seven powers or whatnot, mm-hmm. if what black mana gets from Aquaman is the, the last one that they needed. Right. And that's, that's really good. Like, you know, that's a good usage of a story, Yeah, you know, that it's, yeah, sure, it's about one thing, but in the background, he still has his own story running along. He has along. the larger overarching story yes. that this is helping further. Exactly. It's and great. It, and it fits. It doesn't feel like, oh, and now for something completely no, different. It does not feel like he's hitting a pause button at all. Exactly. And um, It's very seamless. Yeah, and I I really enjoy that. He's... I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to come up with more positive things to say. I know, because, I know, I know. like, it's just so good. I like that... Um, they do um, give the, you know, they give they try to give Superman like his moment, like oh I'm gonna kick some ass, and then oh yes. oops, oops. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and um, that they show the because I know they had this in Titans last week where they they tried to face off against one of the gods right. and that did not that work, didn't work too out well. So, well. so it's they do a really good job of establishing the threat even beyond yes. you know yes. like, even beyond Black Mana and the Legion of Doom mm-hmm. like these people. Mm-hmm. Are heavy hitters. so much more powerful than they are that you know you really want to see how they're gonna 
they're going to come back. Heck yeah. And of course they kind of show the way at the end because when Wonder Woman comes back, it's like, okay, here here we come. Yeah. Uh And yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm really excited. I want to see what comes next. I'm really, because I mean, they got a couple more issues, so there's room for more twists. I wonder Mm -hmm. what they can pull with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and as always, I love, like you said, I love the development, but I really, I just love asshole Batman. Yeah, but it's you know it. It's so perfect. It's the best. It's <laughs> even the best. even in a cast where he can't move, he it's, is still such a dick. Yes, and it's amazing. It's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? And people put up with it. I know it's the best part because <laughs> he's the Batman. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's really all you really want from a big fun superhero action event. It's. It moves fast, but not like too fast. Mm-hmm. It has plenty of exposition, but it doesn't feel like it's an exposition dump. Yep, agreed. Um, everything moves with a purpose. The art is great. I mm-hmm. love how reporters art. Me too. Um, Me too. And it's great character work, action. Yep. It's it it's got everything you need. It is heck yeah. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> how would you grade out Justice League? Aquaman, Ground Earth, number one. Um, I would give it straight eights. Yeah, man. And you know <laughs> what? I, I'm I'm right there with you, actually. Yeah. I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this issue eight night girls out of ten for the writing, eight night girls out of ten for the art. Mm-hmm. Big thumbs up for me. Yeah. All right, my friend. Last up, but certainly not least, yes. Just League Dark, Wonder Woman, The Witching Hour, mm-hmm. number one. This follows after the uh, events of the last Just League Dark issue. Mm-hmm. Not too sure DC needed to make this a one-shot issue and couldn't have just had this story continued in the pages of Justice League Dark, but okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't really defend Especially that. Especially given what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah a little it's odd, a, right? It's a lot. It's a lot to put in just a one-shot. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Uh, yeah. boy, and it continues over in Justice League Dark, so it's kind of like, well, yeah. Why wasn't this just the next issue of Justice League? Yeah, Dark? I, that that's yeah. one of those things. Like, yeah, the editorial. What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't need to make this a separate issue. But anyhow, this wraps up the last event, uh, the last issue of Justice League Dark, where Hecate was taking over every, all the world of magic on mm-hmm. Earth. And um, the long and short of it is, the the Justice League Dark characters managed to free the there are five vessels of mm-hmm. of Hecate's power. Yeah, and they they've released. Um, all the vessels, you know, Black Orchid, uh, Manitou Dawn, mm-hmm. um, basically all of them were released except for, uh, there were only two. Three mm-hmm. are released, right? Yeah. Two remaining. One we don't know about. Yes. And the other one is Wonder Woman. Yes. And Wonder Woman is being flooded by power because as each one is being released, mm-hmm. more power is going to the remaining two mm-hmm. characters. Yes. And so we see, um, essentially we see Wonder Woman while she's, Taken over by Hikate, she we we transport inside of her head, and we mm-hmm. see she is on a different realm yeah. where she's talking with. Hikate has three versions. There's the young, there's the young uh, version of her. There's it's it's like the, the maiden. Then there's the the mother, the mother, and, and there's then, the crone. The crone yes. is the evil one. Mm-hmm. And basically, we get the whole backstory of Hikate, how she's the origin of all magic, mm-hmm. and she creates all the various pantheons of the gods, mm-hmm. and eventually ended up going with the Greek pantheon as the yeah. one she wanted the most, mm-hmm. and was supposed to marry Hades, and Hades ends up not marrying her, yeah. and she ends up being mad and angry, and, and uh, mm-hmm. she gets imprisoned, 
Yeah. And while she's in prison, she's angry over being jilted by Hades, and mm-hmm. that's what makes the crone take over, and the crone... And the and the, the crone kind of goes back to, um, like, in the first issue of Justice League Dark, when Zatanna tries to use her magic, this weird thing comes out mm-hmm. that tries to tag people. Apparently this thing, and they even say it's from the, the dark side of the multiverse, so referencing the dark multiverse again, right. and that that this thing was like Hikate's equal and that she managed to seal it away. But now yep. at this point she has decided to indulge in that to get her revenge. Yeah. The so upside down. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The upside down is the dark multiverse. Yes. And, uh, the, the, her equal in that dark multiverse is the other kind, mm-hmm. I believe is his name. Yeah. Yeah. And she does indulge in that. And we see our heroes are all brought together by the power of, um, oh, what is her name? Cersei. Cersei. Mm-hmm. And uh, she assembles all the members of Just League Dark and is like, you guys are losing. And uh, there's only, you know, Hakata has two powers, two core pillars left mm-hmm. of her magic. And uh, you need my help. And so eventually what happens is Wonder Woman, through the knowledge of talking to the maiden and the mother mm-hmm. kind of breaks free a bit from Hikate, the crone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And is like, um, look, Hikate, you, you don't do this. Yeah. You need to stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we see Circe, um, filling in all the backstory about, about what's going on with Hikate mm-hmm. to our just the dark, dark members mm-hmm. and then teleporting them to the scene. Of, of the um, battle. Yeah, of, of, of Olympus. Of Olympus. That's yeah. where the final battle takes place between Wonder Woman and Hecate. Mm-hmm. It's on Olympus. And so we see just like Dark Members being teleported there. Mm-hmm. And um we get a big we get a big brawl scene basically. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman basically tells everyone to stand back. Mm-hmm. She's got this. Tells everyone to stand back. She starts reasoning with Hecate. Hecate is not hearing it. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna. Re- she's not gonna be reasoned with, and so Wonder Woman looks at Zatanna and goes, "I need your help. Use your magic. Open the door to the other kind." Mm-hmm. And Zatanna's like, "This is a bad idea, <laughs> Wonder Woman. We have to be trading one evil for the next." Wonder Woman's like, "Just do it." Mm-hmm. So Zatanna goes, "Open the door," and then the other kind comes out, and he attacks Hakate, and because Hakate has been weakened by splitting her power up. Mm-hmm. She succumbs to the other kind. Mm-hmm. And woman uses her last remaining Hakate power for totally leaves her to lock them away in Olympus. Yeah. And Seal teleport the story, yeah. just leak dark back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the end. And woman is back to normal. Mm-hmm. And we see Wonder Woman and Zatanna talking afterward. And uh, Wonder Woman's like, you know, kind of basically how... Um, Kind of feeling her own place in the world of magic. They're mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, not retconning Wonder Woman, but I think they're kind of giving Wonder Woman more of a rooting her more in the world of magic right now mm-hmm. than she was before. It was purely Greek mythology. Yeah, they're trying to expand that and make her more of a mm-hmm. magic-based character. Isn't that kind of the feeling you got that was the goal here? Yeah, and it basically to explain, I guess. I mean, it, it explains why Sir Hecate was in the Greek pantheon or the Greek set of gods. Mm-hmm. And also, and with that, because Wonder Woman comes from mythology, that, okay, well, clearly she's more important. So I guess, yeah, I like that. I think that served to 
two purposes because mm-hmm. it and it does it organically because Wonder Woman's from the Greek pantheon that of course she would have that this would be what happens right yeah and uh, this Zatanna mentions how she's a little worried that um you know with Hecate's power broken into five pieces mm-hmm. um, that uh, there's still someone unaccounted for yeah that has Hecate's power. And they're wondering who that could be. And we cut back to Circe and see that Circe now has all the power of Hecate. And mm-hmm. that now that uh, the old goddess of magic is dead and the new goddess has been born. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And that's where we end this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to mention this issue as well was written by uh, James Tinian the mm-hmm. fourth as he continues his work with Snyder mm-hmm. in the whole Justice League story arcs. Yes. And the art, I don't know who does what. It's just Jesus Marino, Fernando Blanco, and Miguel uh, Mendonca are the artists. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who does pencils, who does inks, right. but whatever. There you go. <laughs> um, Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman, The Witching Hour, number one. What do you think, Stephen? Well, that was a lot. Um. <laughs> it was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, talk about exposition dump, my friend. Yes. Wow. This could have been two separate issues. This mm-hmm. was so much. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I felt <laughs> so, I was like, whew, I was a little worn out by the time I got to the end of this issue. Yeah. That was a lot to process. It was because it. Holy cow. Yeah, because it, um, it not only ends the story with Takate. It's um, um, resets the it world of magic. Resets the world of magic. It um, it explains where magic came from. Mm-hmm. It it ties into to metal again with the the dark multiverse. Um, it jumps up Wonder Woman's role in the the DC universe. It um, sets up a whole new threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the way that they've been doing it, where it's just, oh, hey, let's just, you know, destroy something else. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, it also, I'm trying to think what else, because there's two, it um, has, it sets up and then goes through the final conflict. Yep. Um, it, 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 it's, that's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It covers it a, a lot whole of ground, lot. It covers a ton of ground. Yes. It's and a dense issue. It is. It's it was a, really a lot dense, dense. Like I had to go back a couple of times, and be like, "Wait, what? Did me I too. Miss, did I miss something?" Yeah, me too. Me too. But um, now I don't know if that's a bad thing or no, not. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a, a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. But I mean, I I really I mean, it's it, good writing. It is good writing. It's, it's the, just a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. The only the thing that I was maybe not as much a fan of at within the writing was that the justice league dark kind of took a backseat. Oh yes. And I mean, they big had time. their big hero shot, but they didn't really do they didn't much. They were just kind of there. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that kind of sucks, but yeah, I mean, Zatanna got to do land the kill shot. Basically. She did. She did. But I was like, okay, well that was nice. Yeah. Well, it was nice to see that, but, but she could have done that at any point. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about it. It was, it was something that she could have literally done at any point. Now I get, yes. you don't want to hit the nuclear button. Yeah, right, right off to. the bat, and you know they didn't know if it was going to hurt Wonder Woman or whatnot. Right, but um, yes, my dogs are going crazy. The dogs are going Sorry. crazy. <laughs> That'll come up on the podcast for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but something I was really impressed by was the artwork. 
Yes. I really liked some of those, like some of the page of the panel layouts, how they were structured. I thought those were really cool. Like yes. the, the one where like, um, they have like the various justice league dark members going through the doors, but it was all like, there were no lines. They were just kind of layered on top of each other, like a painting or something. Yes. And, um, the scene where they like explain the three parts of the mother and there's somebody in the middle, like holding their arms out. Like, mm -hmm. and it kind of looks like wonder woman, but it's not really. Mm -hmm. And they had the one, two and the three. I thought that was really cool. Right. So they had a lot of really interesting, um, looking pages here. I love the and, art. Yeah. I'm with you. Sure. I love the art. Mm -hmm. You know how I pick up on little things, <laughs> yes, right? You do. And, and I, it was doesn't there a car mean, that didn't match anything? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's not important, but sure. But I don't know. I, I guess I could be. I'm, I guess I'm just being overly anal. But I can't. To me, like little <laughs> details matter. Sure, they just do to me. And sure. maybe I'm the only one who cares about stuff like this. But I don't know. Anyhow, little detail. You see Zatanna. <laughs> yes. There she is. Stupid costume. <laughs> um, that's not the point. The point is. Um, she's wearing like wrestling boots. You know, they have like the thick, nice, supportive sole, like yeah. a wrestler wears, mm -hmm. right? Because I guess Zatanna runs a lot. I don't know. Oh, yeah, there you go. And so, <laughs> never been part of her character, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So, she's wearing those. Fine. And then you scroll around, and the next time you see a full shot of Zatanna, which is later in the issue. Yeah. Did she change boots? Because now she's wearing like stiletto heel boots. Yeah, she's the <laughs> which I, 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 little, I know it's not a big deal, mm, but I mean, yes. little details matter. I mean, and it was later on. She could have changed her shoes, theoretically. I, except maybe they're magic shoes where if she wants them to be flat, they just turn flat. <laughs> except she's wearing heels there. Yeah, that's right. And that's right after you teleport them away from, yeah, from the from uh, this scene where she's yeah. wearing wrestling boots. Yeah, I just—it's little details. I mean, it's just—it's <laughs> little details. You know what I'm saying? Again, it's not a big deal. I'm not, the art's great. Yeah. It's a very pretty-looking issue. The panel layouts are wonderful, but little details matter. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. That's my only tiny criticism. Mm-hmm. with that, and. Other than the fish that's going the legs, not 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 the arms. Um, <laughs> I think who that who doesn't like Paul Dini Zatanna, Stephen? <laughs> you you point to me a person that doesn't like Paul Dini's Zatanna. Damn, that person doesn't exist. <laughs> Paul Dini's Zatanna was mm -hmm. freaking adorable. We mm -hmm. loved her. She was awesome. She was great. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she was. Anyhow, uh, anyhow, that does, yeah. does nothing with anything. Still, yeah. I'm with you. The art's really nice. It's a mm -hmm. pretty, pretty, pretty looking issue. Mm -hmm. And you, your take on the story is pretty much mine. It's pretty much mine. It is well written. Yeah, I mean, it, it is good writing. Oh yeah, it is good writing. It's good character work. It is. It is good plotting. It's. It's. It's good pacing. Mm -hmm. It is a complex story. It's multi leveled. It's. It's. It is well constructed. It is very dense. Yeah. It is a lot, Stephen. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to process in one issue. Yeah. You know, and I'm someone <laughs> who likes compressed storytelling, but... Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I like Just League... I, I'm, I am enjoying Just League Dark, Stephen, and I'm not yeah. crazy about magic stories, but I'm telling you what, um, they're winning me over with this title. Mm -hmm. They're winning me over with Just League Dark. I'm... I'm 
I'm getting into it. And I'm excited to see where they go with this story. I'm actually excited to see what Cersei does. Yeah. I, I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to come back for more. Um, how would you grade out Just League Dark and Wonder Woman, The Witching Hour, number one? Um, I would give the I would give the writing a hmm. That's tough. I'll give I'll give the art an eight. I really like the art. Um, because the writing I'm you know I think I think I'm gonna give it a seven because I think it was the fact that I got lost a little bit at some mm-hmm. point. But I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a seven. Seven's not bad. And I like the conclusion to the story. It's just that, you know, I'm like, you know, there's, that's a lot. And because of the fact that the actual team was, you know, pushed to the background, yes. which I was not a fan of. But, you know, Fair when enough. you have so much to do. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I will go, well, I'm pretty much in line with you. I'm going to do story Seven Night Girls out of ten mm-hmm. as well for pretty much the same reasons. I, I, I. Came away with very much the same yeah. feeling about this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art, I'm going to go eight Night Girls out of ten. And spoiler, in case you were wondering, what is the proper look for Zatanna? Zatanna <laughs> always wears heels. She always does because, A, she's a show woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she's magic-based, yeah. not a physical character. <laughs> Zatanna is always about looking good. Yeah. Just spoiler alert, if artists want to know how to draw her, if you're a little confused in this issue, they kind of didn't know which way to go with her, mm-hmm. she always wears the heels. It's Zatanna. She's about looking good. She's showy. Yeah. She's showy. Showy, yeah. Yeah, that's the character. Just mm-hmm. letting people know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'd say. Hey, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I love me some Zatanna. I do like that she's getting, that she's kind of the lead on, on this. Yeah. I, I, I would, I feel like Wonder Woman kind of pushed Zatanna aside a bit. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I and I like Wonder Woman, don't get me wrong, but Wonder Woman sure. already has her own title. Yeah. And Zatanna I, does not. Zatanna does not. And I would mm-hmm. really like Zatanna to, to be more of the focal point. Mm-hmm. She should be the one who gets the most panel time. Yeah. In my opinion. I on Justice League Dark, Zatanna should be the top dog. Mm-hmm. You know? I think so, yeah. Um, anyhow, so hopefully we see more of that. Yes. All in all, Steven, um, kind of a hit or miss this week, isn't it? Yeah. A little, little, little hit or miss. Yeah, it was about half and half. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good of a week as uh, as we've had in the past. No. It was kind of a small week in general. Yeah, it really was. You I know, mean, DC of... was front-loaded with events, but yeah. other than that, there wasn't really much going on. No. Um, and Marvel just, they, they, they're they steady putting out things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this wasn't, wasn't the most exciting week in comics. No, definitely not. Hopefully next week, my friend, will be a little bit better. Uh, let's hope. All right, my friend. <laughs> On that note, until next time, viva la revolucion. <laughs>